What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Bitcast, episode 209. I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, and we are three of a quartet here today. Dan is traveling, but of course, you have these two fine-looking gentlemen here as well. First, certainly not first. That didn't line up well. We're going to keep moving. Mr. Hoaglaw himself. Good morning, sir. Good to have you back in proper form here. Yes, well, it was fun doing radio broadcasts last week, certainly, but I'm happy to be back in front of my camera and my delightfully awesome wall that I know people really love. Um, but yeah, I don't know about Travis, but every time you introduce us as, you know, uh, handsome or well-dressed or good-looking man, I wonder if you're looking at a different stream. <laughs> I don't like to tell people I watch other podcasts while yeah. hosting, but yeah, mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and one of these days I'll get a, a good intro correct because i think i've messed up the last three but i'll keep working at it. um and looking uh super dapper this morning in celebration of the spirit of america mr travis himself good morning sir good Got morning the lapel, lapel pin and all the lapel pin is is out of control but other than that yeah I'm, i went with i went with it full commit i was like should i wear something it's fourth of july tomorrow and then i was like oh right i have suit with american flags in the lining yeah i should wear that so I love it. You are. Do we, need a, the, uh, do we need the story? Oh, you, yeah, you've got the bald eagle. Do we need the story of how you ended up with a suit with American flags on the inseam? Well, I get, order all my suits custom, and I like okay. to do weird stuff we with all? the lining. Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, some of them have really weird stuff in there, like jellyfish or, you know, something. Sure. Something. Because you, you never see it, you know, so you can just yeah. make it weird. And then one of the times I was like, oh, they got an American flag. I'll, I'll wear that. That might come in handy someday on this blue suit. And, and this is the behold, day. This is this it. Is you were waiting my, for Big Cats 209. It kind of is. Yeah, because this is my debut of the suit because I haven't had any reason to wear a suit that's this aggressively blue. It's like it very blue. blue. It's real blue. Yeah. So anyway, happy birthday, America. I will celebrate by continuing to not care about the royal family um that's my little personal ode to our independence that's your protest the royals that's my, that's my protest the royals no one the cares <laughs> well as uh, as you can see dan is away with family this weekend traveling uh we debated on doing a show just because of the holiday weekend but of course we wanted to come through and do one anyway we have a few things to talk about and we're going to be primarily talking about the game of the year race um in 2022 so far since we're just over the halfway mark as we record this and uh you know what's coming out the rest of the year because we have a better picture of what's coming um later this year now and we can talk about any of those games we believe may uh contend for game of the year as well uh we're also going to talk about some halo infinite news with co-op we've got the nintendo direct mini uh with a couple games from there we're going to touch on and uh a few other things we just want to mention but before we get to all of that a little house cleaning 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 little house Keep cleaning <laughs> so uh this week uh coming up so next week's show we got a lot of feedback last week and travis this is a uh, uh credit to you with your idea sir we got a lot of positive feedback last week about having a show where we simply roast the greatest games of all time um we got comments i got people on twitter reaching out saying that sounds like a hilarious idea and they love the fact that i think last week we attacked like I think five of the That's best right. games ever made. <laughs> so I'm, next week, I'm in, 
I, in my head, I'm calling it W3YFG. That's my name for it, which stands for what's wrong with your favorite game. There you go. That's my title for next week. You already wrote it w, for me. No. W3YFG, baby. <laughs> so next week, we're going to do a special show. Uh, we'll cover, you know, if there's any big news that happens in the week, we'll touch on that, of course. But we're going to do a special show where the four of us will be back because it'll be the first time the four of us back in a month together properly. And wow. we're going to... We're going to take... Uh, After all, all that effort I exerted to come in logo form last week, I tell you, just look down <laughs> well, upon That's why I added properly. You know, we need you in front of the maroon wall or, you know, it's just not this the same. red. This is like a rose red. It's very calming. It's very nice. Uh, it is. Yeah, it it's is. a nice color. It's a nice color. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so next week, we're going to do a show where we're going to just basically pick uh, quite a few of what would be considered the greatest games of all time. And we're going to tell you why they're not the greatest games of all time. Uh, we've already had a few submissions from people who want to hear about specific games uh, and us talk about them. So it's like a carnival trick. Tell me the game. We got something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we will. We'll do that with chat next week. That's <laughs> hey, going to be part so, of the fun. Some of these could still be the greatest games of yes, all time. That's right. I just think they they also have a lot of problems that you can talk about. They of are, are also, in fact, created by human hands. Yes, that's right. Yes. So, uh, Chad, I hope you can join us, or if you listen to this later, try and uh, join us live, because it should be a lot of fun. We'll take uh, games that you throw in the chat. But I bring that up also because we're going to be doing a giveaway leading up to that. So we're going to be giving away two two copies of any game of your choice for any platform uh, leading up to that. Um, what we're going to be asking is uh, to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and uh, make sure you're subbed, of course, to uh, to uh, Season Gaming YouTube, of course. So I'll put that up on Twitter this week. I'm just giving the people here listening uh, the heads up. But it should be a really fun show next week. So I hope you can join us. And with that, I'm going to jump over, guys. I got my Steam Deck email finally. Yay! Finally. They, uh, Steam announced, or Valve announced, that um, they're upping production. So it seems like production, at least in some areas of the world, are starting to get back. Because I know the GPU kind of crisis is slowly ending which is nice um but they're going to be creating or you know um manufacturing steam decks at a faster rate now and a bunch of us got our emails this week so uh i ordered it on like wednesday i think or thursday so hopefully hopefully i get it this week should be cool it gets there quick it's yeah, very yeah. fast like you probably have it on like monday that's yeah. so you guys got me excited because i i ordered it right and for i don't know why in my head i was thinking i was paying for it and it was just like I wasn't thinking of it as a normal transaction. Like I was right. thinking, like okay, it'll come October or something. When I it hope. comes, yeah, yeah, you know. And, so and a couple other people were like, "Oh no, you'll have it in like a few days." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." I, mine came. Mine came on a Tuesday. I had it on the Thursday. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So Thursday, because this is a holiday that. weekend, maybe I get right. it Tuesday or Wednesday. But that's awesome. You I got a good shot on, at Tuesday. Yeah. I'm gonna buy all the uh, Pixel remasters in celebration. Yes. Got to do it. I tell you what, the power of the Steam Deck just owns those Final Fantasy Pixel remasters. So that's what I'm most excited to play. Butter. That's what I'm most excited to play. Are like those classic games that on that I don't play because I don't normally game on PC. So there are a bunch of things on Steam and PC that you you know you just can't get on console right now. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Well, and if you don't have a fake dock for your Switch already with a with a C in and an HDMI out, get one for the Steam Deck because it works perfectly with it. I've been, okay. I was playing it on TV all week. It's a super switch. Sweet. Can you play? What do you use for controllers? Are like Bluetooth connectivity? It works with the pro controllers for the switch. I haven't tried the other ones, but I think it works with everything. Awesome. Bluetooth. Yeah. Awesome. I'm excited. Cool. 
Using the uh, Steam Deck in a docked mode with the TV is the most insane thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that is a powerful switch. Yeah, but you could just use a PC if you're going to connect it to a TV anyway. Why wouldn't you just use like a computer? Because it's a it's a switch, so you just put it on the desk that you already have the wire that connects your switch to the TV. Because I don't use their docks, and so the wire goes into the Steam Deck, and then it's on your screen, and you're not moving laptops around or doing anything more robust than that. So to, 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 to double down on Hoag's point, like right where I'm sitting right now, right? I have a big desktop that I created for editing, right? I'm not going to carry this all the way over to my theater and hook it up. You know what I mean? Or like wire I'm, your house. Like, no, it's, it's just, a, it's a switch, right? So any place that you've had a switch that you've put into your TV, you just put the Steam Deck in instead. And the stuff that you'd otherwise be buying on the, the switch, primarily like I'm not Nintendo games, obviously, but like the indie side of things. I told you I'm playing AI too. I would have gotten that on the switch. Instead, I get it on the Steam Deck, and it doesn't have the performance issues that the, the Switch has fairly frequently. Um, so it's just a Super Switch, which is what I wanted Nintendo to release for the last two years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Travis seems, still seems baffled by this decision. I, yeah, I mean, I, I play a game on my P gaming PC, and then if I need to go mobile, I turn on my Switch and then my or my uh, Steam Deck, and then my save is there because of the cloud. So it seems like. That's good you stuff. kind of don't you don't need the dock, you know what I mean? Because the cloud exists. I don't know what the cloud has to do with it. It's when you want to play it on a TV from your couch, yeah. with a controller. Okay, so I see the problem now, which is that that is how I play my PC normally. My PC is ah. in my living room, connected to yes. my eighty-inch TV. Right, well, well, we're not in a San Francisco apartment here at Hogue House, so we have we'd have a wiring issue. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a lot easier to move this Steam Deck. It's a, you get a nice case with the hundreds of dollars you just gave Gabe, uh, and and you and you walk it around, and and it, and it doesn't get you divorced because you took up too much space in the back of your car going on vacation, that kind of thing. Nice. Uh, yeah. For the record, I also live in a house in San Francisco. We I actually didn't know that, Travis. I, I didn't. Yeah. Every time I see you in the pre-show, you're scrambling to set up your space. And I figured that was just the only. Yeah. Room. No, I don't have a permanent studio, but I do live in a house. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right. So I'm excited about that. But um, had uh, something big come out this week. I want to talk about it, and we can talk about what we're currently playing as well. Is the new Cuphead, which I ranted about a few weeks ago. Uh, I thought but, that you might have the opening music changed to Delicious Last Course. I had no idea. I oh, I should have. About this one. I know, I know. I did a uh, I did a charity live stream this week where I played through the entire thing. That was a lot of fun. So played through it, and then um, it's got uh, it's got some secrets. It's got a secret boss. It's got you know different um, challenges and the achievements and stuff, which are much harder than just beating the bosses normally. So I'm working on that. Yeah, but <laughs> but it's uh, it is excellent. Uh, I love it as a total package. That game, I think, is one of my favorites of all time now. Um, I still have the same complaint. I wish it was bigger. It's exactly what I was worried about. Um, basically, I played it on stream and beat the whole thing in about two and a half hours. Um, so, you know, I wish there was more to it. But, you know, I'm still very happy we got new Cuphead. And it's very, very, very well done. Um, pretty incredible bosses. I've loved it. Now, I'm not you, Ain, So it's a lot harder for me to get past these things. Uh, but, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's more Cuphead. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more. And the boss design is amazing. Music's amazing. Some cool secrets. Like I said, um, yeah, it's fun. Good stuff. Can't beat it. Um, 
What else you guys playing, man? What's good? Uh, well, I'm, I'm playing AI. I, I mentioned that last week. Um, I have played Cuphead. I'm continuing with Final Fantasy V. Um, and then what we were playing most yesterday was Stranger Things Season 4 Part 2. Yes. Do we want to talk about it? Do we want to talk about it? So I, we can't talk about much, oh, except good. I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite seasons of TV in a long, long time. And it is rare for a show that is as long-lived as Stranger Things to uh, reframe the narrative of what came before that was largely successful. Uh, and uh, season four does that uh, pretty spectacularly, I would say, uh, leading into their final season in whatever year that might be. My daughter, who has been watching with me, said, well, when do you think this will come out? I said, your best hope is that it comes out before you enter high school. Which I, you know, <laughs> age is uh, you know, unknown and things like that. But she's like, oh, really? I was like, yeah, you got to yeah. crack at that. You got to crack at that. You got a few years. Yeah. Uh, by the way, oh, Mrs. Hoglaw in the house. She said, for the record, would not divorce Rick over packing the car with too many games as long as there's still room for souvenirs. I feel like the conversation style through chat is perhaps a little different than from standing outside the trunk of the car. Um, <laughs> I'm just I'm just not sure. But I love you, honey. Uh, Bree, never worry about spoilers here. We wouldn't do that to you, I promise. In fact, I posted on Twitter last night that for some reason, there's all kinds of posts on Twitter just showing like scenes from the finale. Yeah, no, I'm very, very like, careful about that. I would never, ever do that. No. I don't even want anything ruined. So you, you, you're always safe with me on that. Yeah, you're um, safe here. Uh, I posted that people need to chill out because, come on, man, it's been out for, well, now two days, but, you know, it's ridiculous. I gave it 9.5 out of 10. As a I'm with you. Yeah, what you said, I completely agree with. I said, I told people, I said, that's not only one of my favorite seasons of kind of TV in a long time, but I also think it's a blueprint of how you do what I would call big budget entertainment, right? Big. Yeah, big budget, meaningful characters. Uh, as you said, it kind of reframed and redeveloped the the kind of core of what Stranger Things is. Just an amazing, amazing series, uh, season, excuse me. And no, I, it's it, what I said <laughs> to my daughter yesterday is it's, it's rare where you can actually have something that elevates like the rest of what came before. Uh, yes. and it's like I, I, I like all of Stranger Things more now having watched season four than I did, even though I liked it before. Um, and yeah, about budgets, it's so funny, you know, uh, my, my daughter didn't want to watch it while we were on vacation because we had a little we had a little TV. She's sure. like, we're not watching it on that, Dad. And I was like, okay, all right. Um, but you forget how well they had done the cinematography and the budget for that particular show because you get used to watching other things. And other things are fine. Normal is fine. Halo? But, yeah, well, sure. Halo, <laughs> you know, Halo and Obi-Wan and, like, these things that are struggling with putting budget up on screen um, and, and Stranger Things – you watch the first like 10 minutes of part two and you're like, Oh, right. They're playing at this level. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's, a, it's an entire, you're right. It's an entirely different. It's like, you've taken up this big step up. You're like, Oh yeah. Now I remember why I like this so much. It is. I'm sitting there going, Oh yes, that's, they're doing this right now. So in any event, absolutely love it. There are, it's a 9.5 for a reason. It's not a 10. There's some, you know, uh, pacing things and whatnot. It's not perfect. It's made by humans. Uh, but it is my favorite series uh, season in a long, long time. Uh, yeah. Highly recommend it. Loved it. Are you in the show? I can't remember, Travis. Did we talk about this before? Are you in the Stranger Things? I've watched the show. <laughs> including season four. <laughs> Just not as big of a fan, huh? All right. Fair yeah. enough. It's okay. No? Okay. All right. All right. Now, out of curiosity, since I'm told that we can say stupid things here to take up the podcast time. Uh, <laughs> well, Travis we already did his, so. Travis already did stupid things? 
I, I, well, just because he doesn't understand why a Steam Deck would ever be wanted to connect to a TV. <laughs> um, I, I think so connecting to the TV is We got done with Obi-Wan. Thing. We didn't talk about Obi-Wan last I know. week. If you had to compare, which season did you like better? Stranger Things Season 4, Obi-Wan, Kenobi. See, okay, so the pause is long enough <laughs> that it doesn't matter what you say now, Travis. Um, that's That's <laughs> totally fine. They're both pretty mad. My opinion. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You're you're one of the extremely few people I've heard say that Stranger Things 4 was meh. I think it's pretty I like universal. Vecna. I like the bad guy. I thought okay. that was cool. awesome. Okay. It's just it's sort of like more Stranger Things, man. It's just okay. a lot of that show. They do not respect your time. There's they give you so much of that show, man. That's all See, I think. So we, we could talk about that too, because I, I like I like longer things. Like I like longer movies. I like things that kind of flesh themselves out more, assuming they're good and not ridiculous, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. I like it. I like I mean, the last episode is two and a half hours, which is awesome. like the full run of a movie, and they awesome. accomplish they accomplish less than like any movie that is two and a half hours. You know what I mean? Like just in terms of story progress, it's basically one episode of TV, just really in super slow motion. <sighs> I just I love you, man. You're awesome. It's it's just so slow. I I'm kind of just bored by TV. I'll be honest with you guys. Maybe I'm not gonna ask. There's a reason they don't have me reviewing TV shows. Oh, you, you do have some. TV. You do. I, some. No, I, look. I in my tweet I said it's a no. It's indulgent and it's editing, and it is. They're in love with their characters. Even the ending epilogue is very like kind of Lord of the Ringsy. It's got like ending, 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 ending. Um, but I think if you if you do love what they are doing and what they put together, just like it works for me in Return of the King, it works for me here. Um, so you know it's fine if you if you think it's man. I think Obi Wan and, and Stranger Things season four at least are on wildly different levels of quality, uh, but that's okay. I mean, if you're judging it based off of the production values, I would agree with you. But I'm okay. just looking at it as a use of my time, which is a very different. <laughs> uh bars i think two different things well, i mean I, it, we have to discount i mean how many hours do you have in destiny right yeah i mean everybody spends their time the way that they want to <laughs> i just think that you know one of them i'm in control of the character and choosing my time i'm spending in different areas and one of them somebody is, is spending it for me right and telling you where to where to look and now this is an do. interesting philosophical debate between <laughs> passive and active entertainment video games tv and movies yeah. Um, yeah. I don't feel like people are. You have to. You have to like the director. You have to like the director's like vision and them spending the time telling you what to do. Whereas in a video game, there's a lot more freedom to kind of, you know, the, the the game has lots of things, and you can spend your time looking at one part of it versus another. And so you get out of it what you want more than when you're watching a show. Is the way you I wouldn't say it. that's largely illusory, and that you're still limited by the assets and creation points of what was put in front of you, even in a game like Destiny. No, because like something like PvP, that's not even something that the developer put in the game. It is, it is a, you know, there's a there's an unknown quality to it. Where, where okay, but PvP enter. is largely treadmill running. I mean, you're doing the same thing over and over again, and maybe seeing some new stuff. That's an interesting way of thinking about it. I, I think that's coming from somebody who probably doesn't play a lot of competitive games. Yeah, because I wouldn't say that. I would say it's iron sharpening iron. It's you getting your skill and kind of pushing yourself and figuring out the sandbox a little bit more and you're learning uh, okay. because it's involving you. Whereas, you know, you don't do a lot of learning when you watch a show. It's a very passive thing. You're kind of just laying there, letting it all happen to you. 
<laughs> you don't do a lot of learning when you consume art. Yeah, I mean, something like Stranger Things, I wouldn't say you do. Really? Depends on the art. If I'm watching a documentary, sure. If I'm watching Stranger Things, I'm just I'm just watching some old people be happy that the 80s are back on TV. That's what I'm Oh, saying. no. He had to take the low road. He took the low road. Is it the road. low road? Or you don't, is there, is there something the you don't think road. there's value in storytelling. The human experience. Of course I do. Of course. Okay. Way to straw man me, Hogue. I know you know better than that. But that is not I, what I said You walked all. into it. You're, you created the straw man yourself. No, you created it, and now you're blaming it on me. But that's a nice try, okay. but it's not at all what I said when I think okay. about that. So I'm just saying that the 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 way that you spend your time when you watch TV versus playing a game are very different. One one lets you sure. choose, usually, how you spend your time unless it's a more linear game. And one says, no, no, this is how you're spending it. And that's fine. I get that lots of people like TV shows more than I do. I just, uh, you know. It's never been my thing. <laughs> you don't have to like TV, but I don't think you can discount that you can learn about either yourself, the human experience, others, empathy, sympathy. You can, but it's harder when you're watching Stranger Things because it's junk food. <laughs> there you go. You got not, this, this is not, Stranger Things is not terribly, you're presenting it like it's on the same level as, you know, the the uh, the Sistine Chapel. It's not, It's a it's a show about, you know, aliens and psychic powers and i have to watch 11 get like you know putting chains over and over again every season <laughs> relive all of her traumas and i'm just like a couple, a couple people in chat are like what did i walk into here <laughs> <laughs> I, I i don't even i'm i'm just gonna hand you more rope travis it's all good <laughs> even hey, if even... you if you think it's rope i i think that uh i'm i'm just saying it how it is by the so, way, there look, are uh, there's some people in the, in the chat. There are, I was trying to say there are a few people who agree. Uh, I still think you're in the vast minority, um, but that's fair. It's not everyone's not going to like the same thing. That's fire. Um, <laughs> and and as we all know, being in the minority doesn't make you less right. Oh yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it doesn't make you more right either. But just that's know. fair too. <laughs> <laughs> some of these comments uh by the way uh king levy says the boys is way better than all these shows uh, i don't know if i'd say it's better than i would agree with that i, I, I think love the, the, boys. the boys is art in it's a lot of ways it also is sort of indulgent and stupid but yeah, yeah it can be it can be two things the comics are quite good if you haven't read those although they're even more extreme they yes make the show they make the show look like a light a light jog through yes, <laughs> what they're what doing that's what i've heard yeah. All right, a couple super chats to get to real quick. Mr. Cerebral Paul in the house, $5 super chat. I'm choosing to be here instead of watching Stranger Things finale. Lucky you. <laughs> you can just savor it later. No worries, yeah, Cerebral Paul. Yeah, savor it, man. Cheers, Paul. Can Good you to not savor this show later? You think it's got a pretty bad Half-Life episodes of BitCast? What do you think? Oh, no, I think I'm always great on stream or in any media. <laughs> <laughs> really Timeless content, you'd say? I'm never great. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Gecko Gamer back in the house with the five. You're a super chat. Good morning or afternoon for you, sir. I have Disney Plus and I'm trying to watch MCU movies, but no dice. Any tips on where to get started or am I better off with something else? Um, That's a lot of content. MCU movies? Iron Man. Yeah. You know, Iron, Man. With Iron Man. There you Iron go. Iron Man is, well, did it Incredible Hulk come first, technically? Is that no, technically Iron Man is first. first. Iron I think first. Iron Man started the MCU. 
Obviously, I think it did. I think it did, but I think I think Incredible Hulk might have actually come out first. Did it not? Oh, Hulk. Oh, really? Came out before uh, six months after Iron Man. Okay. Okay. Got it. It was just made by a different studio and then later (laughs) added to the MCU. No, the Incredible Hulk was made by Marvel under, uh, but worked with, uh, I believe it's Universal because they held the Hulk license on that one. Got it. Distributed through, distributed through Universal. Iron Man is distributed through Fox. Uh, This is all before Marvel was purchased by Disney. So then Disney purchases Marvel a couple years into the MCU. Uh, but Iron Man's the first movie. They're worked on simultaneously uh, with two different teams within Marvel Studios when they're starting Marvel Studios. Uh, Incredible Hulk has a few more issues with their scripts and whatnot. Yeah, so dude, they, that they movie is second. They come out second. Rough. Um, okay. Yeah, so, Iron uh, Man. Iron Man is technically where we're supposed to start. I, th- I think it's probably a hard movie to watch now. It, it starts. Mr. Rodriguez in the house. Go. Good morning. Boom. He said they have a curated list on Disney Plus in chronological order. Uh, Do they have it in release order? order? Release though. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you really need a release order more than you don't want to start chronologically. Yeah, because chronologically <laughs> you'd start with Captain America, right? Because that takes place. I think during so. The well, you might start with the Eternals, depending on how you're chronological. Eternals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know Iron Man starts off with like a, I watched that movie kind of recently. It starts off with like an unironic reference to MySpace. It's it's aged. It is an aged movie. That's all I'd say. I would say that I'm like Travis here, and that I don't care about the MCU at all. So I can't help you. There you go. Uh, Yeah, fourteen years is still pretty long though. The MCU is amazing, like what they accomplished as a whole. I I will credit that. I just don't care for the movies, but I know I'm in. In chat, I would never say I'm always right. I said I was always great. <laughs> I would never claim to always rightness. That's that's not me. By the way, yeah. don't worry. <laughs> After he said the RE6 is greater than Village, uh, the next week when Hogue wasn't here, we corrected that for him. So we spoke for him. He gave us full rights. It's that's fine. right. Yeah, he changed his mind while he was in absentia. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I would agree with that statement, Hogue. You're rarely right, but you're always great. It's always great to have you and hear you talk. <laughs> I'm just polluted by all that passive entertainment we watch here in the Midwest, I'm afraid, Travis. <laughs> Hogue, Mrs. Hoglow says he's been wrong at least twice. She's got you. But not while marrying you, right? Oh. That was not a wrong Why are you choice. kissing ass on my wife, man? What are you Because doing? she's cool, okay? I followed her on Twitter. I stalked her. I saw her post. I was like, this is the most wholesome lady who's ever existed, and I need to protect her. Okay? I so, see. Mind okay. your own business, folks. Who cares? All right. All right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Well, the Stranger, Fourth, Stranger Things 4 conversation took us on a tangent. What else have you guys been playing? Anything good? I'm 100 um, hours into a JRPG. You're up to 100 hours on uh, in, Tales into 3? Something. Yeah, no, you already or announced. Dino Blade 3, I mean, not Tales. Dino Blade Chronicles 3, baby. I'm uh, maybe halfway through it. Who knows? Who knows <laughs> with these games? I really don't. So I put a lot of no. time into it. An astute observer of the human condition might suggest that some of <laughs> Travis's statements about wasting his time could reflect other experiences that he's having simultaneous to Stranger Things 4 release. But we won't make those observations Sir. because that sounds dangerously close to assuming Sir. something about a review. Sir, one of those activities is earning me money, sir. So it is not waste of time either way. That's what I keep telling myself. Um, no. no, but here's the thing about reviewing a game that's this long is even if you're enjoying the game, playing it all at once in the time frame that you'd have to do it to write a review is pretty brutal. But 
uh, if you want my opinion on it, I can give it to you on July 7, I think, is when my preview goes up of the first two chapters of the game, which is about 12, 15 hours of content. And cool. then um, and then my full review July 19. But yeah, dude, I'm I'm fully into that. I've also been playing some Naraka. I've been playing nice. uh, a little bit of Destiny, Fall Guys. I'm trying to diff, you know, kind of uh, diversify my portfolio while I go through this JRPG. But realistically, most of my time has to go into playing that. So, well, I don't know if we want to segue just yet, but I will say that I just recently started a new character and a new run on Elden Ring to Ooh. give it another shot. I know. Whoa. All right. Well, we should save that for game of the year discussion since I'm sure that's going to come up. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I Uh, also, uh, I previewed a game called Endless Dungeon. Did we talk about that last week? You did. did. Yes. Did uh, anyone touch Overwatch 2 yet? Or I say anyone. Did either of you two touch Overwatch 2? You have to pre-order it, right? Yeah, if you have money. You do have to give them money, of course. (laughs) Come on. I don't, pre- I don't pre-order anymore because you never know when I'll be reviewing something. And I've bought things in the past that I reviewed and I was so mad at myself. Fair. For that. that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I haven't I haven't touched it. Uh, Eric's in the chat, Game Positive. I know he's been playing it. Um, so if anyone in the chat or comments wants to let us know how Overwatch 2 is faring so far, please do. Um, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Fall Guys as well. Played a few hours last night. Game is hilarious. Um, it's just good fun. You know, just... Can you help me out here? I was going to ask you last week. So Fall yep. Guys is all over my timeline. People are talking about it a lot. It's an older game. What 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 happened that made it pop into everybody's like zeitgeist here? Crossplay. So it went free to play. Um, okay. So it, and it launched on the Switch and Xbox, and uh, in okay. doing so, added crossplay across all platforms. So suddenly, so it had a launch that- for non PlayStation. Yeah, it was PlayStation okay. PC, and basically yeah. now it's on everything, and you can play with everyone. So it just and, yeah, and you can play it, it mobily on your Switch, which is, which is what got me. It's like a great like pocket game where you got like five minutes, and you just want to run around. You can just pop up right. your Switch and just yeah. play it. And it, I enjoyed it when I played. I mean, it, and it was you know free to play for me for me from the outset because it spent two months on the like the PlayStation Plus grab game. Yeah. Um, to start, I think it's life. So I just I didn't know what had changed. I'm like, okay, I like Fall Guys, but what, what happened? Why is it all over the place right now? Yeah, cross and they's cool. And they broke 20 million players in like a week in doing Epic that. Knows you what know? it's doing. Go figure. Yeah, go figure. Um, <clears throat> so that's been a lot of fun. And uh, Halo, I'm back on Halo like every damn day. Um, it's funny, I just so. deleted Halo to put Elden Ring back on my Xbox. That's probably the one. That's the one <laughs> game I probably would not criticize you for doing that for. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm back in playing ranked and and just wanting to compete again. There's a big tournament in EU this weekend that's happening, and uh, yeah, nice. good stuff, good stuff. Nice. So you know, and I got, uh, I got my ticket to the Halo World Championship in Seattle in October this week too. Hogue, I didn't know you were playing Elden Ring on Xbox because that is a game that doesn't have crossplay and badly needs it. Uh, but I also played that game on Xbox. So if you, so did I. If you wanted, to. all right. All right, I will keep you all together. I see, I see you. I see, especially Travis, uh, and it might be because I don't have your profile in. I see Travis flitting in uh, from time to time when I'm over there, uh, coming on and off the Xbox. So yeah, yeah, I have the dashboard open most days. (laughs) It's why I don't pay any attention to it because my brother ostensibly is like always on both his Xbox and Steam. Yeah, yeah. like how he operates. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) 
yeah if you uh if you do get to a point where you need help yeah hit us up we'll do a we'll do a big cast elden ring run and just uh steamroll everything i'm just remembering the buttons and what the heck a finger does and all that stuff so we'll get back into it <laughs> fair enough i already all feel right. like i forgot all that that game feels like i played it like four years ago i need to i need to try it again yeah i was gonna well, get all the achievements i, I don't I'm, i might be wrong on this uh, but i was playing it and i was like i think they added some tutorial screens um mm-hmm. for areas of like specific confusion uh that i didn't remember at least from playing to begin with like um um awesome. how to get your map upgraded i didn't remember as an initial tooltip screen um i think they were more specific i think there was a language change for the the waypoint sending you to the next waypoint if you just want to do that i think mm-hmm. they they highlighted that yeah they did <laughs> they, they did, did that. yeah they also they also labeled everything which I yes and the, yeah there's not like it shows you the people that are at yeah. like the various so there were like these little things i was like i don't i feel like it was more obtuse when i was last it year was. yeah yeah it was yeah, a little the quality. Name, the alike. naming of NPCs was probably the best change they ever made because that's like the most frustrating part of Elden Ring is trying to figure out where NPCs are so you can complete a quest. That where you did I leave them? Well, I I marked them on my map every time I met them, so you have those. And marks. I was ready to. I see that time. Um, this time I was they go like, to different oh. places. Yeah. Uh, well, well, yeah, but they, they move. They do that in every from game. You know that. I know, and that's one of the parts I'm glad that they changed. Although Elden Ring is much bigger, so it's much easier yeah. to lose them you know yeah, yeah um but yeah i went in and i had a bunch of markers on top of the icons they had put there now so i had to get rid of all my markers because now they're just marked themselves which is cool they That's show you all the mer- notice, thought, too which is cool. i thought they worked on their <clears throat> tooltip screens i think there's an extra couple and i think they've changed mm-hmm. the language yeah that's cool yeah a little quality mm-hmm. of life stuff so we'll uh we'll just keep talking about Elden ring then so let's jump over to uh kind of our main topic today which is the game of the year race for 2022 and I know that uh, immediately when I even mentioned this on Twitter, you know, everyone's like Elden Ring and I, you know, I'm pretty much on the same camp, of course, because I think we've talked about how much I love it and how obviously, I mean, not just me, right? How highly it's it's uh, critically rated and how many people play it. But let's not also overshadow that there's been a lot of cool games this year and some very big games still to come. So I wanted to talk about um, I want to talk about what's released so far, because there's quite a few of these that I haven't played. Um, and I know that I'm sure you guys have touched at least a few of them, right? So when we I don't went, know what you're looking at, Ains, but I believe we probably have. I think it's I've played all of these. It's in the actually. list I sent you this morning. Oh crap! Look at that background <laughs> homework. Okay, hang on. I'm on. Yeah, I haven't. I have in fact played all of these, which is great. <laughs> I haven't finished all of them though. <laughs> so I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run down a list just to kind of uh, jog memories of people listening or, or watching with us here of the games that have released this year that are kind of what are considered the highest critically rated. And this is you know between Open Critic and Metacritic, of course. Elden Ring, yes, is far and away the number one highest rated game. It's not even close. Um, but once you get past Elden Ring, uh, you did have Rogue Legacy Two, which I reviewed actually, amazing, amazing game. That's sitting at a 90, generally speaking. Then you have uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge, which is uh, another awesome, awesome game, 89. Game called Neon White, which is getting a lot of praise. I see a lot of people talking about that game. Game's 89. You yeah, got AI. I just like Game Called. It's like, wait, no, no, it's a real game. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And then you've got this, which is AI, the Somnium. Is it Somnium Files? Somnium Files. Yeah, Nirvana. Wait, did, they keep, did they keep Somnium Files as part of the name of Nirvana Initiative? Did they just it's, slap yeah. a subheading on the existing subheading? They did. I they love did. these guys. I love yeah. them. 
<laughs> that's an 88. You've got Sentinels, Aegis Rim, 88. Uh, Gran Turismo 7, got an 87. Destiny 2, Witch Queen, I had already forgotten about. I'm sure Travis hadn't. Uh, 87. I kind of then- forgot it came out this and year, to be honest. To be clear, it was so long ago. Just yeah. to be clear, yeah. that's 13 Sentinels. There's 13 of them. It's not just Sentinels. Yeah, it is 13. I was going to oh. thank you. Yeah, was okay. That's how it was listed on uh, Metacritic. Just hey, Sentinel. there you go. Set- uh, 13 Sentinels was one of my games of the year when it launched on something that wasn't the Switch. So I don't know if that one counts for this year. Fair I enough. was going to say that, too. Fair There's enough. a few of these where the... Like, uh, actually, the Somnium Files is a new game. Somnium is brand new. That's AI, yeah, too. Yeah. And then uh, a few others in there, too. You got Citizen Sleeper. You got Triangle Strategy. You have Kirby, Tunic. And I've also seen a few people mention Nobody Saves the World. Yep. I have um, it on my list right here next to your screen that you don't see because it's on my <laughs> computer. There you go. So uh, what are these did, games? Did I'll just guys... stop to explain how computers work. I'm looking at a screen. It's completely secret. I don't know, wow. Travis. We did, we had to explain why we'd want to hook a Steam Deck up to a TV. So, I mean. Still don't really fully get it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am I get that not everybody has a PC gaming setup in their living room like I do, which is. Yes. That the Steam is Deck, I will tell you this, Travis. The Steam Deck is straight up stronger than my current gaming PC. Really? Straight up. Oh wow! What do you what is what are you running? Can, do you mind if I, I, I something I, less than I, the Steam Deck? We're outside my bailiwick here, but it's uh, it's okay. only six years old, uh, and hasn't been touched or tweaked. Only so, six years. Only that's... six. <laughs> you think six years was be you know that's modern times, but I, you say that to a PC person, and like, good God, can you run Windows? Yeah, for P, for PC, it's <clears throat> yeah, that's pretty old. Like six months, I get start getting crap for my you know my my current. Rate, no, so. it, that but see, okay, maybe you understand better now when it's like, oh. The Steam Deck runs all of my stuff better uh, right now. So that makes like way more sense. My, I, I was I was just thinking keyboard. like, why would he hook the weakest you know the weakest possible device up to his TV? But that makes sense. Yeah, if it runs it better. This, the, the Switch is clearly weaker than the Steam Deck. Oh, it is. <laughs> uh, hey, Hogue, you will get no argument from me. I am playing a two hundred hour RPG right the now. The Switch makes it. me sad, honestly, because it's like, especially when you compare like games that I bought on both, because I bought a couple of like overlaps on the Steam sale, and it's like, oh. That's how that's supposed to perform. Like you take AI Somnium, the, the original one, the first one. The Switch like struggles with, it uses a lot of flashback cutscenes, So it'll like put up another scene in front of the scene it's currently rendering. And the Switch is like, whoa, that's that's two scenes, bro. Um, <laughs> so give me a second. And, yeah. and the Steam Deck's like, oh yeah, this is a visual novel. We can we can knock this out. Don't don't you worry. And it's like, oh, that's how they're supposed to be. And then I think it's something like, like <clears throat> Three Hopes or um, Xenoblade Saga, these things that are like trapped on the Nintendo Switch, and I'm like, oh, I want to, I want to, I want to make it higher resolution. I want to give you some more frames, um, <laughs> and you just can't. It's like Nintendo, help me out. Oh, yeah, it's. I mean, well, we we've ranted about that. It's. Frustrating. I don't ever see. I don't ever see Nintendo selling a six hundred and fifty dollar portable device. That's that's like, the that's thing. They would need to do like a full on boutique brand, um, and I don't. I don't know that they will. No. Yeah, I don't think uh, so. You I don't think, even think... need to do that to be better than the Switch, though. The Switch is tech from, like, 2010. Like, come on. Yeah, they but they also, want, they also want to be the company that can sell you a console for $199, which of course. Steam, yeah. De- Steam Deck cannot cannot compete. Or $299, which they still sell the Switch for, by the way, six years later. Or Isn't the OLED 350 Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. With, <laughs> really? o- with OLED technology that is ancient. I yeah, I no, I, I love the I love the background. It's the OLEDs costing like uh, three ninety nine, and they, it popped at fifty bucks. It's like yeah. that's that's business, baby. Yeah, knocking it out, Nintendo. 
Well, part of Nintendo's business model has always been making money on the hardware. They don't take that hardware loss like, uh, you know, Xbox and PlayStation will do when they need to. But anyway, I, uh, I said I was ready to buy three Super Switches because I was ready to expand to the family because that's like the age group that my family is in. Yeah, but I'm not going to buy I'm not going to buy your OLED old Switch. And they just they missed that window. Um, yeah, and I bought it, guys. Such nice. Me too. I bought it and I will stand by that purchase. And okay. Here's yeah. why. The Switch stand. OLED model has an Ethernet port. It is <laughs> one of two Nintendo consoles that has ever had an Ethernet port. To do uh, what it is, with? It is extremely rare. To he play online games like Splatoon, my dude. Nope. Splatoon in September. It's going to be huge. All right. Ask Hoag's kids if you don't believe me. It's going to be big. Uh, you can't ask and, my kids. They're so. I, I know every kid is super into Splatoon. So it has technology ever... that the original Xbox had in 2001. Got it. Ains, you will not get an argument from me here. <laughs> I am simply stating to you the facts as a reviewer of who sometimes yes. has to play online games on the Switch. Let me tell you that Ethernet port, 10 gigabytes a second. It's, very, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Fair enough. Um, by the way, on my list, I forgot Sifu released this year and of course yep. horizon forbidden west i don't know I oh swear, right yeah, i swear i went down the list based on score and i didn't see horizon yet horizon well, you did just on score right because i would throw in arceus for conversation wonderlands yeah um, i mean I, obviously I, i'm not gonna i wasn't gonna take 50 games right so i just took the oh. top like 10 in the list but i don't know how horizon didn't list there because it's one of the top rated games of the year so horizon sifu and yes, you can feel free to add any other game that you Oh, I'm going to fight pretty hard for Skywalker Saga, which is the first time I've ever said that sentence in my life. Wow. <laughs> okay. It's true. Yeah, Skywalker Saga is another big one that released this year. Um, which, by the way, what, I think what, I've What's met. the Metacritic rating for that? It's got to be like mid-80s. I think it was low 80s. Let me check. Really? I guess an, I'm guessing 84. 82. All right. Okay. That is low 80s. That is way worse than I would have thought that game would rate. Because I, I like like Hogue. I quite like that game. Yeah, I mean, I 80. well, as we always say, right? 82 is certainly not a bad score. Um, you know, anytime you're averaging an 8, you did a lot of good. But it's it's just a the, the, the body politic had more negative reviews than I would have expected. Yeah, and I think if impressive. you go back and look, right? Like, there was this debate when Elden Ring came out because there's... If you go back and look at uh, some prior years, especially several years ago, it feels feels at least anecdotally like it was easier to get above a nine, right? And we know there were this whole contract with studios to get their game to release. Uh, you know, they would get incentivized if they scored above a ninety on Metacritic and things like that. And I I don't know if it's because there are there used to be fewer kind of review sites. I don't I don't know why but if you look it feels like there's a lower percentage of games releasing that get above a nine or 90 on average on metacritic today than there used to be several years ago um and i think that's another reason why um uh elden ring is such a, a you know not a surprise but something that just stands out is because getting a 96 in today's environment is like unheard of yeah no um, it is wild yeah. that nine there's a lot more opinions out there yeah yeah yeah, exactly. So anyway, um, anyway, uh, so, you know, my, my vote here. So let's put Elden Ring aside. I think that we've talked about Elden Ring so much this year. Everyone's talked about it so much. Let's put that aside and talk about the other games that have released. And then we'll get to the games that are coming later this year. But I would definitely personally put uh, Rogue Legacy 2 up there. I think when I reviewed it, I, I gave it a nine and a half. 
and I said that it is, if it weren't for Elden Ring, which is going to be a qualifier I probably have to say too many times. We can uh, just say, all this discussion is in the non-Elden Ring division. Otherwise, we'll have to hear that phrase from Aim. Yes, fair enough. That would be my <laughs> game of the year. Um, Rogue Legacy 1 was an incredible roguelite and came out several years ago now. Um, 2 basically takes everything good about that, expands upon it. Uh, it's just a brilliant game top to bottom. There's no fat in that game. There's no issues with mechanics. It's designed incredibly well. You can play it in countless different ways and different styles. Um, tons of unlockables and like length, you know, to, to keep playing, to keep you playing that game. It's you can put easily 25, 30 hours just to beat it. And that's only the beginning, you know, because there's so much after you technically beat the last boss. Um, just an incredible experience. Um, so I would I would throw a hat in the ring for uh, Rogue Legacy 2 personally. I like Rogue Legacy 2. I'm not sure it did enough. I I don't have them sitting next to each other to differentiate it from Rogue Legacy 1. It felt like the same experience to me. Give or take. I really like the art style improvement. Um, but yeah. it's, you know, it's it's Rogue Legacy again to me. Okay. Well, they added class systems, which is kind of cool. But yeah, you're you're largely right, Hoke. Uh, it, it changed quite a bit. If you play them back to back, there's, there's a lot more For to sure. it. For sure. I mean, sure. it's definitely a sequel, right? It's definitely it's like the same a remaster, game. right? It's it, it 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 played like I remembered. Is that accurate? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. pretty different. But yeah, I, I I agree that I agree with both of you somehow. But it is both <laughs> it is both very different and also very much the same. It, I like it. I really like it. It's not the kind of game that I would put at the top of my list, um, uh, realistically, because it's kind of a trifle to me. But okay. That's okay. All right, to me, my enough. problem with that game and my yep. criticism, if I was if I was Mitch reviewing this game, would be that, uh, um, which I, I never will be, uh, <laughs> is that I'll, I'll keep reviewing the other games. Um, is that it's it is grindy, it makes you really grind, and every time you buy a perk, it increases the prices of all the other That's perks, and and uh, you they, it's like a, they, it's a roguelite. They set up some some yeah, but not all roguelites do it that way. Where they set up like a kind of arbitrary barriers, where it's like, well, you're not possibly going to be able to beat this part unless you level up enough of your stuff. And um, I mean, that's my main problem with it. Well, like if I'm and I would say if I'm playing a class based 2D indie game, I'm picking Nobody Saves the World over Rogue Legacy Two. Like that's where I wind up on on that um, okay. in terms of just putting them directly against each other. I'm picking Nobody Saves the World. And sounds like games. Maybe you didn't play that. I played it a little. You know, the weird thing about Nobody Saves the World is I was incredibly excited for it. Uh, Drinkbox Studios, really talented developer. I got like when I first saw that game when they first debuted it, I was pumped. Then they had the demo. Remember that came out. Played the demo, loved it, and then the game released, and it was on Game Pass, if I recall correctly. It is. It was. Um, and I put like an hour into it and then moved on. I don't know if it's Elden Ring. I don't know I think if it Elden was Halo. Right around when it released. Yeah, and I think I just I never went back to. It. I still have it installed. I just haven't played it much. So it's I need fantastic. to play it. Yeah, I need to play it more. It's a good game. I would probably pick Rogue Legacy over Nobody Saves the World, but by a hair. To me, they're both like really high quality games doing the things that they do well. Um, I love that Rogue Legacy Two. Uh, Rogue Legacy One was the first Rogue Light. For those who don't know, which is uh, its claim to fame, but Rogue Legacy Two kind of almost perfects the genre it created, which I really is think is dope. The notion is Rogue Legacy One is the first one to allow meta progression. Yeah, oh, before I that it was no uh, 
Yeah, before that, it was just all rogue likes where they would they would just expect you to get better, and then they sure. were like, "Well, we'll create a way for anybody to finish the game." Permanent upgrade, yeah. Um, yeah, which is great. But nobody saves the world. I think when we're talking about game of the year discussions, for me, and I've I've just, I've described this to you guys before. I look for the game that changes the industry the most, pushes us forward, does something different and new. That's my kind of bar for for game of the year. Um, I don't think Rogue Legacy 2 does that just because so many other games have taken the roguelite genre since Rogue Legacy 1 and done a really, really good job mm-hmm. with it. I just think Rogue Legacy 2 proves that they can also do it, right? They're like, hey, we can we can also be really good at doing this thing that we made. Um, whereas Nobody Saves the World does something that is more unique, which I really like. Um, although, looking at this list, aside from the notable exception of Elden Ring, I don't know that we have seen a game this year that meets my bar super, super high of like doing something that I've never seen before. And that makes me kind of like, go, wow, that is like, uh, to me, a game of the year kind of breakthrough moment is what I'm looking for. for Can you help me understand this, Travis? Like what would your game of the year last year have been on that parameter? I was actually thinking about that because I thought you were okay. going to ask me, uh, and I, I I cannot remember what it was, but I remember what it was in 2020, okay. which was Half Life Alex, and I've talked about that a million times. You about have how yep. that, yeah, about, about how that's like a to me, it was like a it was like a next level. It was like, dude, this is gonna this is the bar going forward for all uh, VR games, um, and I I wish I could remember what I what it was last year. Uh, yeah, I just don't know. I, like you know, I, my, I could just the top of my list is is Guardians, Returnal, Forgotten City, Dread. Um, Horizon Five, Tales of Arise, Wildermyth. Forgotten City would probably be on my list somewhere okay. up there. I don't, I, I can't remember what, what my. Yeah, I'm just pulling them out. I'm, I'm just curious. I think it's a very interesting way to look at things because I know that like Guardians is my game of the year. You wouldn't give it to Guardians because it's a pretty standard approach to doing it. I would, I would not. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah. I, I would be much more likely to give it to Forgotten City because that's a game where when you play it, you're like, dude, I've never seen anything like this. This is so cool. What about like, you, uh? What a genre to emerge from that game. You know what I mean? Because so if so we're cool. looking at last year and in that vein because i was i just pulled it up as well so you got psychonauts 2 the highest rated game was forza horizon 5 but you did have in your criteria you did have returnal as well yeah returnal, is, returnal is will probably be up up there somewhere on there i think people yeah. are going to take what wildermyth has done and make some really cool things i love wildermyth to death <clears throat> yeah it takes two good call out eric that was a big one so that was a big one and that was also something like i'd never played before well I mean, you'd played the other games made by that company, but none of them were as polished or like well put together as that so one. So in that vein, let me ask you then to kind of add on to Hoag's question, right? If, if that's your criteria, which I generally agree with, by the way, I think it's nice to see uh, developers kind of push the bar and make us think a little differently than we're used to. But what about a game? And I'm not, this isn't because of Rogue Legacy 2, but, you know, I, we're kind of jumping ahead a bit, but let's say God of War Ragnarok comes out this year, which it, they've confirmed it is, right? It will be very hard for Ragnarok to win my game of the year based on that was what I was going to ask you, because even if we we all expect it to be incredible, we all expect it to be more of 2018, but better, you know, the typical sequel stuff. We'll see. No, we'll no, see. I do expect. No, okay. Angie has said it right. I do expect it to be more incredible. You're like, mm, do we? Well, I, I do I expect just, it to be more 2018. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but see, that's what I expect. But is if I, if how I how do they push that bar? Right. Like. How do they separate itself from 2018 and recreate, recapture the fire, if you will, of what they did in 2018? I don't know if they yeah. can. It's very funny because I'm not on Travis's side on this, right? I actually love that. I love people moving the industry forward on that. In general, 
I find that the things that are novel and interesting and move that industry forward and create those genres are um, semi-broken. You haven't polished everything already because your thing is novel. It is, an, it is a human creation. And in general, I prefer the second iteration. Like that's, that's your game of the year. That's your polished diamond. It's Assassin's Creed 2 versus Assassin's Creed 1. Um, cool. So I like that. Yeah. I think that's necessary. That's not my personal game of the year. Mine is the polished version of what has come. Yeah. Before, so I'm, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that like the the unpolished games get my game of the year. They also have to be polished. But a lot of times it's oh, not yeah. until it's not until like the second game that a genre gets perfected, right? And so exactly. Um, th that's what I'm saying. So the second game would win my game of the year because it did something new correctly for the first time. You know, what I mean? like that's that's like well, that's why it's Half Life Alex is because other people have tried to do shooters and exploration games in VR, but none of them have mastered it. And so then you're like, oh, that's actually possible. Like it can, you can get to that level on that on that new idea, which I think is is great sometimes you get it right your first try bioshock you know that would probably be yes. one of my bioshock like is system shock too though i mean like that's a clear lineage to get you to bioshock well, that's true too. true true but i would argue that bioshock did it right first yes and, oh no uh, wait hold I'm on not, I'm, okay. again i'm not i'm not a system huge system shock, shock fan. system shock 2 is a seminal work in the history of video games and huh. will not let you talk bad about it All bioshock right. also seminal work awesome Clear evolution from System Shock 2. But System Shock it it does have, clear, does have clear evolution, but I think you will admit System Shock 2 is a little jank in areas, and Bioshock kind of perfected that formula. But System Shock 1 is a little jank in various areas. System Shock You don't think 2 is a little jank? It's a little jank. <laughs> this is your this is your lack of seasoning, right? Because System Shock oh, 2 at the time that it releases <laughs> oh, is all hell. Okay. I like the lack of seasoning comment. That's perfect. Uh, well, I'm, you do have to frame these things in their historical context. Of course. Of course. Two, yeah, 100%. The, the year Shock 2 was fabulous and polished when it came out. It had Bethesda-type bugs, but we're not killing Skyrim or things for those. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to touch that. I saw Travis's face. It. I'll just say, I'll just say, if it has the type bugs, I don't know that it's polished, but I'll, yeah, whatever. I, I get it. I know people, that's a holy cow, a sacred cow. Um, maybe we'll include it in uh, W3. I don't have a poster of Shodan. You leave me alone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get these super chats up and sit in a, <clears throat> real quick. So we've got Eric in the house, Mr. Game Positive, Canadian super chat for $6.99. What are your game of the year runner ups? That's pretty much what we're talking about since obviously Elden Ring is game of the year without any question or argument. Yeah. Well, so not any good ones. Don't say it in front of somebody who has questions or arguments. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so look, that, Elden Ring isn't entirely you, my ball of wax. It isn't my cup of tea necessarily, but even then going into it again, it's like, Oh yeah. I mean like this is, this is obviously a cut above um, most games. It, it's um, kind of funny. Like we were talking about stranger things. So it's like, uh, compared to uh, other shows, right? It's like I go back and I play Elden Ring. I'm like, oh, right. That that's why this is special. I got it now. You know, it is. It is kind of the same experience <laughs> in terms of like watching the first ten minutes of part two, where you're like, okay, yes, they're doing something at a higher level. And and Elden Ring is exactly the same. You go in, you played. I played an hour and a half last night or something like. Right, right, right. They're they're, they're doing something at a higher level. It's different. Yeah, yeah. But to to enough. go back to your question about Ragnarok. The way Ragnarok could win my game of the year is if it does something that sort of breaks past what I'm expecting it to be, right? If it sure. does something that it doesn't just feel like a sequel to 2018. And um, that's not impossible just because it's a, a single player story-based game that I think I know I've already played. Because sometimes you get 
surprises, man. Let's never forget Spec Ops The Line. That's like a game that, you know, I thought I knew what I was getting and I just did not. It kind of just yeah. completely yeah. surprised me. So there, there's well, always... Uh, that's all in the writing because Spec Ops plays like yeah. garbage. I mean, like that's an interesting True. game. True. It is an interesting game. But yeah, the, uh, obviously that example isn't my game of no, the no, year. No, no, not but... the game of the year. But I, I like that. To me, if we were just had the division of third person over the shoulder, Sony made action adventures, I would have a hard time imagining a Ragnarok that beats Horizon Forbidden West for me. Um, I mean, you'd have to, you know, obviously that's a specific division. You're comparing these things that Sony makes. Uh, but Horizon did that Sony formula very, very well this year. And yep. I don't anticipate Ragnarok beating it on on those grounds. Interesting. We will see. Yeah. I, I, again, they could, they are free to surprise us. I would be happy. Of course. Did, but I, I, I tend to agree with Hogue on this one. Like, Can uh, I, I just don't see <clears> it. We'll Can see. I make a, a prediction here that probably won't be right, of course, but I, I want to be the first to say it. I think that Ragnarok will contain a PSVR2 element. You mean like, I think there'll be a, you know, they have like whatever they're calling their journey to the mountain. I think there'll be one of those. I don't think, like it'll, it, be with, I don't think it'll be within God of War uh, 2. Yeah, I, I think that they're going to add some sort of interactive Kratos thing as part of God of War Ragnarok for PSVR 2. May not be there at launch if it launches this fall, but I think that'll come in time. You can wash Kratos in PSVR. <laughs> you put him in a tub. <laughs> put him in a tub. Uh, let me get these other super chats. Gecko Gamer says, Hogue, and this is a little late. Sorry about that, Gecko. Five euro oh. super chat. Oh, could you explain how a computer works legally? Oh, sure. I can explain technology like all lawyers do. You hit the button and the thing turns <laughs> on, and then these keys put other characters on your screen. And then sometimes they get sent across the air to various other of these kinds of units. And that's how the magic works, man. It's like you're sky paper. You're ready for Congress. Yeah. <laughs> no, in truth, yeah, you don't generally want to go for your technology, your math, or your engineering directly to the lawyers. Um, but uh, yeah, computers are cool. I, I still look at my TV on the wall and be like, so how does that work? <laughs> or, or even like, like Netflix, it's like buffering. Like we really had a breakthrough at some point, like 15 years ago. And like you could just hit the button and the movie pops in. Yeah, 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 yeah. It sends. But I like, a... I, I like feeling like you know, you know. Actually, we don't have flying cars, but if you really think about it, over the last 20, 30 years, we jetsoned up pretty good on some. We of did. Things. Oh, 100%. we sure did. We, we didn't get the flying cars, but we got just about everything else. You throw down uh, a FaceTime post while you're otherwise communicating on your podcast, direct from your microphone while watching a thing stream to you. Uh, you yeah. know, it, it's all good. Yeah, we're literally so we're sitting not, here talking with each other from across the country while we're all we've never interacting. Met. No, we've, we've never, never met. met. I feel like I know you guys super well. And we've never met. It's kind of crazy. And we're interacting with people in chat from all around the world. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Sometimes I forget um, how just like embroidered in tech I am because I had a, a roommate, a housemate move in uh, recently and he was looking at my TV and he was like, your TV is like a piece of glass. Like that's it. Because it, it's like one of those super ultra thin yeah. ones. And I was just like, yeah he was like what the it's so thin <laughs> yeah just, i still turn on my phone sometimes i mean like you know this is, this is straight up tricorder like yeah, I, it's the stuff that you can just pull in yeah no absolutely i love that feeling though i love you know better living through technology that's the kind of guy i am no doubt fat boy horror now to the five pound super chat at least you didn't buy a switch oled for one game only yes what game fat would boy, that be, he bought uh he bought a switch this week simply because he wanted to replay fantasy star one and they have the oh sega boy. ages uh sega ages fantasy star one is a great one of the ages 
product. So good. Yes, it is. Wow. Enjoy. Can I justify my OLED purchase real quick? I feel like I need to. You said oh, you not not if you're going to talk about the stand again. I'm not. Is it the okay. stand and the Ethernet port? I mean, those things were both nice and the reasons <laughs> I tell myself I bought the Switch. But the real reason I bought the Switch OLED is because I reviewed a game called Cooking Mama Cookstar. <laughs> the one that got pulled? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That you did pulled. tell us about that. And uh, for those of you who don't know, if you play that game on your Switch, it will brick your Switch. It has a, uh, a piece of basically malware Crypto, attached right? to it. It was designed to mine, mine crypto, but they never actually implemented it. But the software is still on the game. So when you install the game, it puts like this piece of malware on your Switch that uses 100% of its processing power. So if you're not playing a game, it will just use all of it for whatever the software is. And if you're playing a game, it'll use whatever's left for this. And so anytime you hold the Switch, it sounds like a jet sticking off in your hands. It's just like, <laughs> like just using every inch of its processing power 100% of the time. And my Switch was basically unplayable at that time. So then I, it was like, like six months later, the OLED model got announced. And I was like, dude, I got to get off of this damn cooking mama. They cooked my Switch. The mama herself <laughs> cooked my Switch. So how, how does that make it through cool. Nintendo's quality check? Like It didn't. That's okay. So it, very importantly, it didn't. Well, then the, how to the, get on the, the store? The publisher said, this isn't ready. Go back and fix it. And the developer said no. And then they published it anyway. And then it was on the online store for like a day. And then Nintendo took it down. And so now you can only play it physically. And so when I, I reviewed I it, the developer, the developer sent us a physical copy of the game because they didn't have the rights to distribute it digitally at that time. Yeah, so uh, I'm so. I'm backing up to where Yes, uh, VL206. VL206 is Cooking Mama's Legal Saga. Check but, it out on Hog Law. You, but you maybe, maybe I'm getting should. too technical here, right? But it, Nintendo sh shouldn't give publishing rights to a developer, right? Like to hit a button to go live on their store, Nintendo should be the one doing that. Correct. So uh I, I believe, I don't know if the Cooking Mama developer is owned by Nintendo, but they outsourced the game to a different developer and the publisher didn't approve it, but whoever put it on the store didn't know that. So it was on the store for a very brief period of time. Wow. But uh, you basically have to buy that game physically because it's so just, it, it, it's like an illegal game. It's a rogue <laughs> video game. It's kind of crazy. It's pretty cool. It's probably worth anyway, money. In addition to reading about it from home. Yeah, you should absolutely watch the episode of Hogue. I have not seen it, but I'm sure it's hilarious because that whole saga is ridiculous. And then after you're done watching that, you can come and watch my review on IGN because it's also pretty hilarious. <laughs> Unfortunately, before I was doing my own VO, so I think uh, Brian Altano or somebody reads my my review, but it's still nice. uh, pretty entertaining. Cool. All right. Uh, Luke with the $2 Super Chat. Much love to the big cast. Thank you, Mr. Luke over at Xbox Expansion Pass. Thank you, brother. And then uh, this one's going to like, uh, Hoag's going to like this one. Eric back with a 279 Canadian Super Chat. Want a new excellent experience? Play Card Shark. I recommended I it, that Hoag. here, didn't I? I yes, bought you it. Did. Yeah, yeah. You, you recommended it here. I bought it on my Steam Deck. I need to uh, I have not it. played it. I didn't like the trailer for it, but you guys have me intrigued. <laughs> I'm, not sure, <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to swing around if you really hated the trailer for it. But, uh, good luck. <laughs> Never judge a game by its trailer, I always say. There you well, go. I mean, look, it's it's got actually not standard. true at all. You can you can absolutely judge a game by its, <laughs> it's trailer. Unless it's Guardians of the Galaxy. Combination of mini games, cheating at cards, and the French Revolution. I know it's been done before in the game space, but otherwise you're going to love it. Oh, man. I love <laughs> all that. All right. Okay. That's too funny. 
<clears throat> All right. Where were we here? So coming out the I rest believe, of the year. I believe Hogue was just about to make a, 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 a uh, argument for the Lego game. I think that's what oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll argue for Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. I mean, game of the year has so many different components, right? But one of them is, you know, how much you enjoyed it, the experience, the fun you had playing with it, whatever it did um, for you uh, in that given year. And, and yep. there's two games that jump out, one of which that I guess both kind of don't necessarily do much that's new, but really worked for my situation or what was put out there. And that's Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga and Nintendo Switch Sports. Um, and I know Wii Sports was, you know, an absolute zeitgeist type thing appears in TV and movies throughout that period when it happens. Nintendo Switch Sports is a refinement of that concept. It actually has online that mostly works uh, for Nintendo. It's well thought out. It has a, um, a live services kind of component uh, that brings you coming back. And it's a lot of fun. And I've had a ton of fun with my family playing that. I don't love that Nintendo releases these games kind of halfway uh, when they release them so that they have like new sports and things coming out, you know, they'll say mm. in the summer and mm -hmm. whatnot. I don't like that quote unquote live services model. It always feels like you released an unfinished game to me and then you're like finishing it uh, later on. And we saw this with Mario golf. I think there might be some with Mario strikers. I don't know if they're planning stuff later on uh, for that or not, uh, but it's a great game. It's a lot of fun and I recommend it to everybody um, who's interested in, you know, just, bowling and, and playing tennis and badminton and uh, hitting people with swords and things like that. Uh, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga is like the pinnacle culmination of Lego games as they've existed before now. Um, and I know people like Dan, um, who, uh, while ostensibly on vacation, are otherwise trolling the chat as we speak. Yeah, yes, uh, he, he did say that 82 was too high of a rating for it. Don't, don't like it very much, uh, but especially if you're a Star Wars fan or even a fan of some of Star Wars, because it's broadened out considerably since, you know, I was a kid. Um, you're going to get just great value for your experience. It has a completely different engine. Uh, and it is uh, everything that that kind of family-friendly, uh, story-based kind of game should be. So you get all of the Star Wars movies. That makes sense. That's what you've gotten in prior LEGO games. And then you get to go to all the planets that you otherwise visited. And they're all set up like this, you know, the old Toys to Life game, Lego Dimensions, who maybe I'm the only one that remembers on the planet Earth. Uh, but <laughs> that they have these areas where you have all these quests, you have all these things to grow. And much like an MMO or an RPG of a different kind, you have all these little interlocking economies to go and improve yourself and buy another ship that leads to another location that can have these two interact. If you have played through this movie and it's got... I don't know, 750 Lego characters, including some that are completely untenable to actually play the game with, that don't have any attacks <laughs> and can't move and, and that kind of thing. Um, it is a celebration of Star Wars. It is a celebration of Lego. And if you have a humorous bone in your body, unlike Dan, uh, I think you're going to have a great time with it. Uh, he doesn't so, even have the humorous. I, well, it's... <laughs> One of the bones in the body. We got it. We got it, Travis. We're going to move well, on. I like it. We're going to move on. Hey, unintentional puns <laughs> are the best kind of puns. Dressed like a used car salesman. I got the, <laughs> I got the jokes. It's all good. Yeah. So I absolutely adore it. Um, and it's probably the most like um, consistent experience that I've had. You turn that on, you're going to have fun for an hour. Um, and I think there's, an, there's a certain level of importance to that. Uh, other games, I don't know what I'm going to get when I play Forbidden West for that hour. Um, I don't know what I'm going to get when I play Elden Ring for that hour. You're going to get a highly polished experience. You may be very frustrated when it's over. 
Um, that's that's not going to happen with Lego Skywalker Saga. Uh, and there's value in that to me. So they did advance their own kind of um, uh, rut that they were stuck in. They were putting out too many games too fast. And they were all, you just felt that you knew what you're getting when you buy a Lego game. I don't think that you you have that same experience with Skywalker Saga. And um, I think it's on sale right now in the Steam sale. I think it's I think it's in sale Probably. in various places. People should check it out. Cool. And by the way, Dan like is here her. for you. <laughs> it's just wrong. He's still it's hanging out. Wrong. It. Like even even if you didn't, I, I just have so many problems with that argument. This is like TT Games has been around for a while. They haven't always made great games. Like uh, most games that start out as studios that are doing like uh, you know a licensed work, but they they have earned their bona fides. And I think that the Skywalker Saga is their magnum opus in terms of just like fun kid games that actually do the thing well that can appeal to a broad audience that have amazing amazing replayability uh i think i think hogue said it very very well about it. it just you can turn that game on and you know you're gonna have a good time uh and there's a lot to do and it's it's also just happens to be a love letter to all of star wars which if you're like me and you enjoy all of star wars uh it is it is a fantastic experience so um, I don't know that it'll be my game of the year, but uh, I, I think that there's nothing wrong with somebody who says that it is. And there's certainly a lot to point to that I would be like, yeah, that game is that that game kicks ass. So well, and I'm not just devil's advocating here. It, it might wind up being of my game of the year Great. right now. Good. Cool. Yeah. No, I, I, I 100% could see it in a, in a world where, uh, you know, maybe Elden Ring didn't come up for me. I could I could 100% see Rise of Skywalker. I quite enjoy my, Elden Ring. Yeah. Yeah. Is it uh maybe this is just anecdotal uh maybe it's just me and i know it's highly rated and and a lot of people love it so this may be a stupid statement before it even comes out of my mouth but it feels <laughs> like <laughs> no it just we're halfway through the year we had a gigantic long-term big budget release out of sony first party and horizon forbidden west that everyone not everyone but you know many people like myself were anticipating and i know a lot of people love it um but it just you have this game of the year conversation, at least in the circles I've had on Twitter and, and around, doesn't seem to get talked about a lot. Is that weird? I, Horizon is, I enjoy Horizon more than Elden Ring, and Horizon is a very top level game for me. It will be on my top 10 list. The problem I have is when you're talking about Elden Ring, and I'm basically conceding the ground on, on the critics and everything else, you're, and you talk about a third person game where you ride a horse and you attack things, uh, and, and big monsters and, and little monsters, that they, they are. They are too similar. I know they're very different games, but in terms of like just sitting next to each other, you're actually comparing them directly. Um, so, so Elden Ring just beats Horizon, I think, in most people's eyes. So I'm not even having that fight um, for the most part. Uh, but I think that's why you are seeing that. It just kind of subsumes the Horizon conversation because you ride things, you traverse an open world. You that fight could monsters. be. It's yeah. is it is it wild? I know this was already an ongoing joke, but it is pretty wild that Horizon One released right next to Breath of the Wild, and Horizon Two released right next to Elden Ring. Which, despite Terrible my dis, despite my dislike for Breath of the Wild, there's no argument that Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring are two of the highest critically acclaimed games of all time. Well, and Breath so. of the Wild, as a as a design philosophy, it clearly informs Elden Ring and what they did with their From Software model. Yeah, we, we've had that discussion. Before. I know, but it is clear. I, I mean, even going into it yesterday, it is it is obvious that they played Breath of the Wild and they like that. I'm not saying they copied it; it's informed by it. That's, yeah, yeah, it's probably Game, games don't exist in a vacuum. Yeah, of course. So, but man, if you're that studio, right? If you're the head of a uh, 
Gorilla, you're like, come on, man, <laughs> catch a break here. They'll get their due. I do. I do <laughs> think Horizon Forbidden West will win at you know Jeff's show this year. It'll win something. I don't know what it'll win, but yeah, um, yeah. That that game is really good. I need to go and finish it. I still haven't finished it. So. By the way, oh, I, I, I get, when, it, when it gets officially nominated for something, then I'll have to finish it. As as you guys know. <laughs> By the way, um, this is the comment of the day from Ash. The difference between Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring is that one is amazing and the other is Breath of the Wild. Well played, sir. Well played. I mean, I, I don't. Maybe he's just indicating that it's higher than amazing. I mean, there's there's words. Yeah. <laughs> he, Breath of the Wild. No, sure. knowing Ash, he does not mean that. But yes, I don't. Well, um, unfortunately, we've got a lawyer here who just uh, who just found the loophole. I just read this. <laughs> and I go, what? Yeah. All right. One is amazing, Phenomenal. and one is even better. Genre defining, <laughs> you know, whatever you want. Oh boy. Um, so let's touch on, we got the list here in front of the games that kind of we we know are coming, uh, Hogwarts Legacy with a question mark. But uh, we kind of well, touched on... Can I put on... one more? Can I, yes, we'll please, move on please. to the stuff coming. I just want to put in one last good vote in terms of what I personally oh. enjoyed, and that's Ghostwire Tokyo, um, that I yeah, thought was game. at least a, a somewhat novel take on, on what you're doing in a first-person shooter with a lot of really good... Um, background world building real devotion to putting out you know japanese uh ghost storytelling spirituality and that kind of thing and i really enjoyed it um it's it's not much like my rogue legacy 2 it's not different enough i think to, to warrant special mention necessarily but i had a great time with it and i think it's a well-made game yeah yeah I, I really enjoyed my time with it i really to your point i really like the dedication to uh japanese culture and kind of history and mythology and stuff i think that's really neat when you see a culture's mythology and kind of some things that you you can you're almost learning as you're playing which i love i think that's really cool um i haven't finished it i have heard it it's quite repetitive so i i can't speak holistically about the entire experience but i did I really I'll yield on that it is it, it, yeah. you, you you first five hours you played it and you're going to okay. do that some more okay <laughs> yeah, I, I did enjoy my time with it, though, for sure. And uh, my buddy at Season Gaming, uh, who's in Australia, they had a different steel book in Australia than anywhere else in the world, and he sent me it. He sent oh, me nice. his Australian steel book because he knows I collect them. Direct wow. gaming man, Elliot. He's a good dude. Um, <clears throat> so we talked a little bit about God of War Ragnarok, and I, I tend to agree with Travis, which is I think most of us agree that we're going to get more of 2018. Uh, and what that looks like, which just makes sense. It's a direct sequel, right? Um, but I, I do agree with you, Travis, that I feel like for that to have an impact for me on Game of the Year, it not only has to be kind of that that experience that we got with 2018, but it has to at least do something markedly different, right? Or, or evolve in some sort of way. I don't know if we're going to get that. I think it's going to be really interesting to see. That's one of my biggest questions with that game is how do you evolve that model? Because no matter what anyone personally thinks of it, it is a beloved, beloved game. Uh, one of the highest rated of all time again. And there's anytime you're a developer making us a, a follow-up to a game like that, you've got the, that line to walk of how do we retain the love over here while trying to evolve it here and not piss off, you know, the people over here. So, I, I mean, I can tell you exactly what they need to do, but uh, Oh, you've got it figured out. <laughs> I do. Sweet. I, I want to hear Travis's pitch for God of War 2. Yeah, tell Cor Corey's listening. Tell him what he yeah. needs to do. Corey's not God in charge of this one. That's the interesting part about the creative move on God of War 2. I mean, there's a lot of interesting things that happen behind the scenes on this we could talk about. But yeah. I thought Corey was yeah. directing it. Is Corey's in charge of the studio. He is not directing God of War 2. Okay, fair enough. Interesting. I feel like uh, Hogue knows a lot of like studio politics. 
he was having he was having a drink with Corey last week, man. No, this was the video at the Game Awards, right, where he announces that he's not directing God of War two, and he talks to the director, whose apparently whose name escapes me. I mean, I, I, we can pull up that video, but that like that's familiar. That does yeah. sound familiar too. He's got a better memory than us, Travis. <laughs> Sorry, he gets man. paid he gets for his it. memory. See, this is it. Yeah. Well, he makes videos about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if I was making God of War two, I would um, focus a lot of my attention on uh, the things that you're doing in the game like uh the <laughs> that's such a stupid statement uh, <laughs> i'm clipping that that's perfect i'm gonna I put that like out it. It, it sounds like sony santa monica focus on what the player focus does on in the what game you're doing in the game what, what i mean by that is the way that you spend your time the way that you spend your time in god of war 2018 a lot of it is i i feel trying to give padding to the different story beats and, and uh, give room for the characters to share their dialogue. But the actual stuff you're doing while that's happening is very repetitive. We talked about last time this game came up, how you fight the same boss like 12 times and, yes. and all that stuff. So I would just focus on making the actual journey have le less padding. I get that they need a little bit of time and a little bit of quiet to share those moments where, you know, uh, Kratos is having the conversations with his son and all that stuff. I 100% I get that that's an intentional pacing thing. But I feel like they had that idea for what they wanted to do and focused less on the stuff that you were doing to pad that out, if that makes sense. It's just like, we want to tell the story. Our gameplay team has made X amount of gameplay, so let's just reuse that stuff and, and, and use it as sort of like uh, just feed to kind of tell our mm -hmm. story and i i feel like that was a big mistake because then it mean it makes the player has to sort of like push through some of the rough edges of repetitiveness and and gameplay to get the story and then the second part which i think hogue will probably agree with me on is that i think that they should <laughs> this is easier said than done but they they do need to work on their storytelling just in terms of that pacing because i don't think they nailed it with 2018 it's, it's and i know i'm in the minority case. there i know travis i'm in the minority I, yeah travis and i will make it sound like it's the it's the official position it's just a, it's just a place where we agree upon it's it's a MacGuffin chase and and there's there's that's fine for certain ways to tell a story but it's it's literally you you get to your MacGuffin, you find it's another MacGuffin to chase like three or four times uh, in that game, and it winds up feeling like you're circling. I, I do agree that they do some good character beats, although I think even there in, in 2018, and I think people mention this one because it's so harsh, is they have an, a situation, which I'm, I'm not going to spoil, I guess, even though we're way outside the window, where, where Atreus has a major personality shift from information that he finds out, and it is, it is harsh, it is immediate. The rest of the interactions are exactly like that. Anything they do with open world doesn't reflect any of that, and then it comes back to where you started as just as harshly as it began. Like they, they didn't figure out how to make a relationship status change interact with the quote unquote open world that they built. Um, and that I think that they knew that they hadn't figured that out. So it creates this kind of stasis for like all the other interactions that you have where you, you basically have to play The Simpsons and things can't change too much or everything falls apart, which they went for in the one instance and it falls apart pretty harshly. And people notice that. So hopefully, if there's going to be a big change in 2023's God of War, I'm going to put my stamp on that, um, oh, then it's it's going to be in working through some of the, you know, just how we like we how we figured out how to make music shift between what's happening in tones. 
working better on that narrative shift if you're going to have any open world component. That's exactly what I'm getting to. I, I just think the narrative storytelling and the actual game that they designed, there's a little bit of cognitive dissonance there. And I, I, if they could, if they could get those two to fit better and tell a story that matched with the game that they're made a little bit better. And that's why I say, focus on the things you're doing in the game. Like, even though that's a, the dumbest thing you could possibly say, it, it makes sense in my head. Cause I'm just like a lot of what I did, didn't really make sense for the game. I was, I know playing. what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I just think, uh, I, I think if they can nail that and, and, and manage to tell, a story that fits with the game a little bit better and, and the game is more compelling and, and more diverse and, and kind of the activities I'm doing, then maybe it's game of the year quality. It could be easily so, because they, they, they succeed so well. What's that? I would love to see that. I mean, and me I too. Think have because they nail everything else. They nail everything else. So like to me, God of War 2018 is an eight out of 10. If they, if they could nail a lot of those big items that I think that they didn't quite nail, it could be a nine. It could be a 10. I mean, sky's the limit. It's a super talented studio. So um, mm -hmm. I would love to see them. Knock so the park. I, yeah, I tend to agree with you. And I, I'm, I think I'm higher on, on gears of war. I always say I picture G O W and then my mind goes. I know gears exactly of war. how your brain did that. Yeah. yeah. I, and I have literally Lancers on the wall behind my monitor. That doesn't help, but uh, I'm a little higher on God of war 2018 than you guys are, I think, but I'm not in that camp of it's the greatest game ever made. Um, so I think, let me ask you this then, because I generally agree with what you're both saying. And it's funny that Google in the chat said, uh, Gears of War 2018 felt more like a Naughty Dog game than, um, than Sony Santa Monica. You said What's Gears of War again. You, you said, said Gears of War. Did I really? My mind yeah, is stuck did. on Gears of War. I'm you really are, dude. Um, this guy. So hi, Busters. I just reinstalled it this week. I'm sorry. Um, I, I think, okay, so Sony, Santa Monica, you want to get game of the year from me personally? Here's how you, you do it. You didn't even let me finish my point. Wait, one sec, one sec, because I have to tell it now because it's a joke. Uh, you change your <laughs> name from God of War Ragnarok to God of War Hive Busters just to screw with Ains forever. And if it's God of War Hive Busters, you get my game of the year with no questions you asked. Know, what's it funny about that, Travis, is while well, it's yeah. unlikely that you'd call it uh, God of War Hive Busters because Ragnarok's such a generic Armageddon type. It's there's, true. There's a possibility that there could be a Gears of War Ragnarok. That is very true. <laughs> that is true. That Stop it, true. by the way. Stop putting all those <laughs> words in my head. We're going to need a new host soon. Um, anyway, sorry for interrupting you. I had to tell the joke. Yeah, no, uh, Google in the chat said that God of War, I almost did it again. God of War. Uh, felt more like a Naughty Dog game than a God of War game. And what I was going to say to what you guys were saying was made me th making me think is we've mentioned before how, and I think I mentioned last week actually, that um, the one thing that bothered me about uh, the 2018 God of War is it had, not that this is a bad thing, I don't want to make this sound like a bad thing, but it had that so Sony blueprint on it. It felt like okay. it had to do X, Y, and Z as a game. And to your guys' point, a lot of what you did in that game didn't really tie to or fit what they were trying to do with the story. Yeah, um, yeah. They, so, they tried to mold the the Sony blueprint around a game that around is very resistant exactly. to that sort of blueprint. Yeah, that's exactly. That and I think they succeeded in a number of ways, but I think that there's still the fair criticisms of the game to be made because of that. And I think that Horizon Forbidden West, as we well know kind of follows that blueprint they expanded upon it. and i'm not i can't speak to the entire game hogue you're probably better speaking forbidden to it west uh, forbidden west to me kicks yeah. 
um, Zero Dawn, but in, in okay. terms of what you're doing, in terms of the narrative that they've set up in the areas, the world that they've built, it is okay. a wildly better approach to what they were aimed at. Again, this is why I'm, I'm very much like the Assassin's Creed twos of the world. I feel like yeah. you get your legs under you. And this is why I'm enthusiastic about Ragnarok is, hey, you figure out what you did wrong and you improve upon it. But Forbidden West, I was not a big fan of Zero Dawn. Like it's seven out of 10, perfectly fine type video game. Didn't regret my time with it. Uh, Forbidden West is vastly better for a guy like me who likes world building and narrative and and then going from there. It's got It's got character beats and world building and stuff that is essentially more of classic Bioware uh, throughout it. And uh, that's a, a big, big jump in quality for, for a guy like me. And if that, if Ragnarok made a similar jump again, for me, that would be very, very impressive. That's what I'm hoping, right? I hope they can kind of break out of that mold a bit, which is what we're talking about. But I think, I think it's fair to say that just from a critical per, uh, reception standpoint, Ragnarok's probably the game that has the best chance. Don't you think of unseating Elden Ring? One hundred percent, or challenging Elden Ring, I guess not unseating, nothing seated, but challenging. It is currently warming the throne. Yes, it's currently seated as the highest rated game. It is. So, yeah, it far. could be unseated. Elden Ring's going to win. I don't think there's a debate about like what's going to win the most awards, what's going to get all this credit. Elden Ring deserves it, which is one of the rare years where I don't think you're going to have like a really, really vocal haters group um on, on this particular game but i mean there'll always be somebody on the internet it's the internet of course uh, but uh, yeah I, when i said when we started this conversation i i personally have a hard time believing it will surpass forbidden west it's because forbidden west is a cooler place to be for me and you've heard me say this in a bunch of these episodes um but i have an issue with elden ring or even bioshock some days of just like not wanting to be there uh in terms of experiencing a video game and forbidden west is an adventure story in a weird science fiction post-apocalypse uh and i anticipate god of war ragnarok is mostly going to be norse mythology you know generally wintry landscape um and that's great and i liked it in 2018 i will like it in 2023 also in the in between times i've had six million hours of valhalla and that's not taking away from god of war but it does mean like my my bar, if we're thinking of myself as a sim, which we sometimes do around Hogue House, my bar for <laughs> Norse-based fictional enjoyment, watch the Northmen, good stuff, uh, is is pretty full right now. Um, and so God of War has to lean into True. that at the same time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Ash says people thought God of War wouldn't beat Red Dead 2, and it did. And and it did, Ash. At least at, ga- my- at, at the Game Awards it did, not everywhere. Uh, and yeah, yeah. God of War was my eighth best game of the year of that year and red dead was my 10th best so it did it absolutely beat it. <laughs> yeah. um, my favorite part of god of war is when marcus phoenix and his son atreus Stop it. hang out in valhalla with the locusts they do well when the locusts attack that's when ragnarok really happens and that's yeah really that's, that's what starts you have yeah. to get into play yeah, for sure. this is going to turn into a one-man show because i'm muting both of them so. <laughs> <laughs> uh dan actually asked a question how much can we realistically expect given what is a really short turnaround in today's standards with uh oh, jesus god of war. um this is so going to end up being a short turnaround I think what Dan's asking is, yeah, four-year development. Uh, but here's the thing, Dan. The, the thing that Sony does well from a first-party perspective, especially with these these larger AAA games, is there's a lot of resource sharing and a lot of tech sharing. 
And if you're looking at God of War, right, has already been optimized for PS5. It's already been ported to PC. And you can be damn well sure that all the technology, the engine, the work, the dev tools, all of that is just shared internally, which makes their development a lot easier. They're not starting from scratch like they did with 2018. And even that really wasn't starting from scratch because you're building upon other franchises within first party that they had built upon. So I think from a if, if your question is around development time and it only being four years, and is that enough to create a blockbuster AAA first party experience? I think they can because they have everything they need in place to just immediately move into kind of core development rather than having to be in a lot of pre-production, if that makes sense. No, I think four years is plenty for this. For if you're using the same project. engine, if you're, yeah. If, but, it, but I think to Dan's point, like it can't really be that revolutionary if it's- I agree, that's, that's on, yes. on a sequel. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's what he was pointing out, which I would tend to agree with, which is why I don't have a ton of hope that it'll be my game of the year. Yeah. Uh, because I set my bar at revolutionary and I don't always have kind of an, an obvious game of the year by that standard, because there's not always a revolution every year. Right. And so sometimes it's harder for me to pick, but when I see the revolutionary game, it's, it's like, without a doubt, I have no doubts when I see it. So, yeah. Yeah. Let me get these super chats and get caught up here. Iron keg in the house of the $5 super chat. Ains. Behind you, I see some plush friends that now have relevance for me. Great experience so far. Also, love you guys. Keep being awesome. So he's referring, if you can't see, to my little Cuphead plushes. He had not played Cuphead before. And as someone who is a seasoned member of the community and uh, loved kind of old school, tough shooters, it was amazing he hadn't played it. He started playing it the other day and loves it. So okay, glad to hear it. Jacob Novick in the house with the uh, 50 Krona. Super chat for honor Assassin's Creed and now Far Cry 5 on Xbox Game Pass. Even if Ubisoft Plus is coming to Xbox this year, I could be wrong, but is an Xbox Ubisoft acquisition ongoing after Activision Blizzard? Man, you put a lot of words for me to throw out in that one. Uh, thank you for the comment, uh, Jacob. Uh, you guys are free to comment on this. I don't know. It feels like Ubisoft, Ubisoft's in a weird place right now, guys. Um, Ubisoft's getting bought. Yeah, but I'm not it, sure that's getting bought by Microsoft. Yes, um, and it depends not. on your definitions of ongoing um, for these various things. Microsoft is going to have a hotline, and their their institutional investment crew is talking to everybody all the time, every day, especially right now in an era of consolidation. But they're not going to do anything at all to jeopardize ABK um, right this second. So it's definitely not anything formal. Uh, but they are, you know, they're dating a little bit with the Game Pass stuff. I wouldn't surprise me if Sony dates Ubisoft a little bit as well because they're getting bought. Mm -hmm. I mean, like there's there's clear indications that their stock is in turmoil. Their company is in turmoil. They're in a similar situation where somebody's going to be able to get them for a pretty good price. Yep. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it's a new player um, in terms of the direct uh, AAA yep. kind of third party uh, pursuits, whether that's an Apple or a Google or a Tencent or an Embracer Amazon. or a Netflix. Amazon, yes. Amazon's, Amazon's still trying to build internally. Yeah, I know they are, but I, I I don't know. I think they might end up being the buyer. We'll see. Amazon, you're looking for companies that have an interest or even a slight inkling that have cash. Uh, and Amazon yeah. certainly <laughs> is on that. Yeah. Way. Yeah. Yeah. I heard they're going to Stadia personally, but that's just me. Um, that's why you don't trust Google dollars. So. <laughs> yeah. Gio Rio with the 10 euro super chat. Elden Ring became a thing for non-gamer friends and asked me yeah, about punch it. Punch through. Yeah. Horizon Forbidden West, I would show my non-gamer friends to show how great PS5 graphics are looking the same way I would show 
God of War. Although Gears of War yeah. works there. It does work there, too. Nailed it. Um, Use whatever G you prefer, for sure. <laughs> Thank you, Gio. Yes, and I think that part of what made Elden Ring so special is it did break through that boundary, right? Elden Ring was the zeitgeist of the gaming industry for like a month straight. It just took over. Streaming, uh, YouTube, it, it was everywhere. And it, it, like I said, I think last week, it's already going to be one of the best-selling games of all time. Dead uh, game. Which is crazy. Dead game. <laughs> So, Anytime it's right. not top of the stream, it's dead. Game. I don't think Elden Ring will ever die, honestly. <laughs> no. Looking at people arguing for Bloodborne now, I think it's gonna be Elden Ring in ten no. years. Thank yeah. God, at least it's a better game. <laughs> Elden Ring's a good game. Um, so other games coming this year, guys, and and we can kind of pick individual ones here to talk about. I'm gonna talk about one. I don't know if it'll be in the game of the year conversation, honestly, but the uh, one that I think for... the, uh, a super chat there ends. Yeah. It's very possible. Wanna... I just want to. I want to highlight one because I was I was waiting for you to call this one out. Oh, okay. No, sorry, sorry. I had it here. Yeah, I just wasn't. Yeah, sorry. Gecko Gamer in the house. Five euro super chat. Do you think? <laughs> I don't like you guys. I don't like any of you right now. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm done. done. You did it, Gecko. Done. We're free. Gecko, you're done. my hero. As soon no. as I saw that, that uh, comment, I was like, we got it. <laughs> Just read it exactly as it's written. Yeah, man. Read it. <laughs> do you think that read Gears of War is a better game than God of War? Yes, I do. Personally, I have only played Gears of War when it was FPS boosted. Uh, objection uh, assumes intentionality. Sir, I don't know how you got Gears of War out of G-O-W. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's God of War, bro. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh gears for the win, by the way. Um, love me some gears. Gecko, love you, baby. Thank Literally, you. Clearly, he can't stop thinking about it. I don't know. <laughs> they didn't even put out a game this year and they're nominees for game of the year, apparently. They they should All be. Right. They should be. Um, the one I was gonna mention coming out later this year that has a confirmed release date now that I think could be one of my game of the year is Callisto Protocol. Um, mm. I was reading more about this game uh yesterday, actually, in the interview that Game Informer did with Striking Distance and Glenn Schofield. Um, and just the, the way that that game has been foundationally built. And what I mean by that is when Glenn left Activision, decided to start his own studio at striking distance, the talent that he brought in to help him build that studio and the vision he had for this game years ago and how it's kind of come together. Um, and what we've seen at that game for me personally, again, is, uh, in my opinion, uh, looking to be what could be one of my favorite games in some time. And I think if they nail the uh, mechanics of that, the um, environmental storytelling that can go into a horror game like this, um, and it's a, a broad experience, right? Something that a uh, decent length and decent uh, kind of AAA quality approach, this is going to be one of my favorites of the year, bar none. Um, so I I'm pumped about Callista Protocol. All right. Could be good. <laughs> Well, I mean, at the risk of, you know, polluting the current panel, I'm definitely very hopeful for Xenoblade Saga 3. We'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm not even looking at Travis's face because I don't want any <laughs> remote tell on this. I'm just looking away. Um, I'm looking forward to that one a lot. Um, I actually quite enjoyed the, you said we were, uh, the Nintendo Mini Direct, sorry. I'm just going to swat at things here. Uh, the Nintendo Mini Direct had a number of things that I thought were interesting looking. Um, you know, I, Square Enix always announces uh, wacky stuff. I think you messaged me behind the scenes that they're going to put out their strategy game uh, this fall, 
or whatever that's called now. The Diofield Chronicle. Yeah, Diofield Chronicles could be. That's this year too. Yeah, we'll, we'll, September twenty second. We'll see. Feels a little shadowy on that PR side of things. Uh, so I start to get my 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 radar starts to go up. It's like, oh, you had a mini direct where you announced like Harvest Stella and things that I'm also looking forward to. Uh, but that one that's coming out relatively soon, you're like, uh, we're going to announce it. In the Sometimes press they do that, though. They do, well, Square Enix is unknown. You, yeah, they really I, are. I don't have a great deal of faith in their PR decisions. That's separate from their development. So you're absolutely right, Travis. <laughs> um, but so we'll check that one out. I, we didn't mention when we're going over game of the year, Triangle Strategy. Very, very good game. I don't think it's going to get a lot of play, but I've enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Xenoblade, you mentioned Splatoon 3. Um, I've mentioned about, Slime Rancher 2. What about Plague Tale Requiem? I'm not, I don't get as excited about Plague Tale as I think the rest of the panel does. I think it's a good game. Okay. I okay. could see it. It just depends how much, uh, it's kind of got the same problem with, uh, with, uh, God of War in my book, which is that they would really have to change, um, a lot to impress me at the level I would need to be impressed to consider it a game of the year contender. Yeah. But I think they could do it. That, that studio is punching way above their weight. And I think that uh, with the support that they've gotten since uh, the first Plague Tale came out, um, they definitely could, but I don't, I don't think they will. I think they're still trying to prove that they can do AAA. And I think that that's a, a separate uh, goal than the people who are making prestige games and trying to win game of the year and that sort of thing, because the bravest thing they could do is just completely, you know, surprise us with a formula that we weren't expecting. But I think it's more likely that they continue to pursue what they're trying to pursue, which I think is like proving that they can they can do that that level of quality in a product, um, which which is hard to do, man. Not a lot of people make it to that state, especially a studio like theirs with the uh, publisher that they have. I mean, that publisher has pretty much zero triple uh, A uh, developers, so this would be the first one. Um, so yeah, I I think that that's awesome, and I'm very excited for that studio and that game. But uh, it would really have to surprise me to be game of the year as well. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Neil in the chat makes a, a good point. Although we're gonna laugh about the release date again is uh, Hollow Knight Silk Soul. If that could be, year. I was gonna bring that up. If that releases this year, dude. But I I yeah, I don't know. I don't know that. It will. I don't think so. <laughs> we'll be playing it in the next twelve months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. But yeah, I I will say what I've seen of that game, it looks finished. It looks like a finished game. I I feel like I'm pretty good now at, at looking at a game and being like, <laughs> that'll come out in this amount of time. Uh and Silk Song kind of s- says to me like maybe 6 months and that could be this year or next year depending on how how close I am. But I I, I still think it will come out this year. I do. I assume we're deliberately ignoring Naughty Dog's 2022 release. Oh, the Last of Us remake? Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think that counts, does it? Is it ineligible? Yeah. I don't know. I, I these rules are always fun. Yeah, I for me ineligible it's, ineligible. it's ineligible. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna or, love it. I'm I'm a sucker for that game. I've said it. I'll I've, tell you a game that yeah, could potentially come to the top of my charts that we saw let's, this last week. Let's go. The new Mario and Rabbits. Yes. The stuff yes. that they introduced. The stuff Spark that they concepted the out in that in the in the strategy stuff, you talk about evolutions. That's some really smart, interesting ideas added to the XCOM fire emblem kind of framework that could, that could really change some of the, some of the ways we think about 
um, strategy games of that time. I'm not sure. We haven't we haven't gotten to play it, but it's one of those that was as soon as I saw what they were doing with the free movement and some of the other things, I said, oh, they didn't just make this again. They didn't just make Mario and Rabbids again. So, all right. I have a lot of trust in you because Mario and Rabbids was really, really good, like way oh better my God. than it so had it any was good. Um, yeah. And then you guys go in and you make these kinds of interesting choices. Oh, that could mean this. That could mean this in terms of how you're going to strategize around areas. I'm like, oh, I'm in, I am intrigued by that game way more than I thought I would be because I'd be excited for it. Like, hey, Mario and Rabbids again. Cool. Uh, but it's they, they're going for they're going for some of that genre bigger. Yeah, yeah, it looks it That's looks a great. great. Call out hug. I could one hundred percent see that stealing the show um, because it it just it even the first one I, people weren't expecting it and it was way better than we thought. So yeah, that could it's be one great. of my favorite Switch games. It's yeah. great. It's a great game. Yeah, really, uh, great. really good game. Um, Ash points out the Resident Evil Two remake was in the running for Game of the Year that year that it released a few years back. I. I don't know. That's weird to me. Another one I wouldn't count. Personally. We're gonna have standards, right? Because like Final Fantasy VII remake obviously should be eligible. Like, it's, I mean, that's not not remotely the same as Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> so yeah. clearly eligible. Travis, you can't. Okay, a. Have you played Final <laughs> Fantasy VII remake, Travis? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you understand that it is not a remake of Final Fantasy VII, and is in fact. I just told you I played it. That'd be crazy if I didn't understand that okay. and played right. it. But yeah, I'm not trying to. I, Jeez, man, I'm not trying to come down on your intelligence level. I'm just, just setting the stage. Uh, yeah, no, I get it. There, there are very different games, and I would say our Resident Evil Two is at that same level. They, they changed enough to where it almost feels like a completely separate game. But uh, to me, I just don't get excited about remakes, even if they change a lot. It's it. it I think it's cool, but uh, it, it's it's really never in the running for Game of the Year for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and, and what I've seen of like I like I said, I'm pumped for Last of Us One remake. Make fun of that all you will, but I think I because of the, the <laughs> I will because, too, yeah. Because of that game's me- mechanics and the story and everything, like the story being the the far and away driving factor of that game, which we've talked about before. I and they, my already- hat if they don't change some stuff in the story. I don't believe you, Neil Druckmann. <laughs> they better not. They're going to oh touch. It. They're not going to change the core of the story. I would be willing to bet there's a bonus scene or two especially that set up some future stuff. I could see that. I was thinking. I could see that. Yeah. I was thinking they throw Abby in there. uh, Something like that. Could be an Abby. Like there could be like a, like a a side story. This is what's happening in Seattle um, or whatever, but they're going to do, they're going to have a little something. There's no chance they don't. I'm going to say this right now. I've, well, I didn't meet Neil. I was right next to Neil at E3 one year and uh, he's going to have a problem if he messes his game up. I will find you, Neil. He's not going to mess it up. I will find. I, I really you. don't think they're going to like cut to the core of. Uh, of uh, just of to be clear, game. I'm kidding. Yeah, I was going to say, Ames. Uh, it's a it's a funny joke until you realize that some people on the internet actually feel. Yeah, that I know. Way. Like, I, I will know. Find you. Yeah, yeah. I'd be I much more worried about Dead Space based on the note that they've given to that remake than I would be about The Last of Us because they're going to use most of the same recordings. But I'd be willing to bet that you've got you've got Troy. You're gonna you're gonna record a few more Joel lines. You're gonna have a bonus scene, maybe an epilogue to The Last of Us Part One. I could see an epilogue for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. But um, one other I'll throw out there, and I know you know we keep joking that there's no defined date, just holiday. But Hogwarts Legacy, if that releases. So the thing is, even if that game comes out, it's not going to be eligible for Jeff's show. For Jeff, for Jeff's show. Well, we don't know. We don't have a release date. 
Callisto's not eligible. Holiday usually means true, December, and all true. of December is too late for Jeff's show. Holiday means late friendly desperately to release it before the third week of December. Yeah. We're going to give it the old college try. Yeah. Um, but Callisto wouldn't be eligible for Jeff either in terms of that argument. True. So Very true. James's rule is not Jeff's rule, I don't think. No, it's no, not. No, I, I don't like Jeff's rule. I mean, it's stupid to me. Me neither. But... I, that, well, Jeff's show should be, be in March or something. I mean, like that's the honest truth. Yes. Or just February, yeah, something yeah. like that. I don't know. There's yeah. a reason the Oscars are over there. There is. Yeah, it's yeah. it's very very silly. Um, because it, we've seen right. They say, well, we include those games in the following year's show, and it's like, well, no, you don't. Let's. So we're gonna honest. be talking about Halo Infinite this year. And, exactly. Uh, Halo no. Infinite was eligible last year. Um, no, no, it, it was. Yeah, it was it was no. nominated? No, it came out December seventh. No, it came. Yeah. No, it was nominated because the multiplayer comes out in the middle of November. It was nominated last year. Well, I mean, the the base game would have to be nominated this year, right? It came out in December last year, so it should be eligible. Maybe this I'm year. having a psychotic break. I swear, Halo no, Infinite was nominated the, last the, year. The multiplayer launched a few years, uh, a few years, a few weeks few earlier in November. It did. I don't know. Remember? I don't think it was, it was nominated. nominated. All right. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong then, because yeah, you did see last year. You did see like I think Cyberpunk was nominated for music. Something like it, that. It was I nominated for a few things. Was, yeah. Like December yeah. 8th. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think you're right. Those games won't officially be on the list. But I think um, what we've seen out of Hogwarts from their state of play, I really enjoyed. I know we've talked about that. Um, Hogwarts is going to be awesome. Hogue, you yeah. appear to be correct that it was nominated for something. But the category it appears to have been nominated for was Anticipated Game. Okay. It won and nominated for award. Oh, that's other- right. There's also okay. something for player voice. It was nominated for anticipated game while it was out. While half of it was out. Happened. No, no. So that was 2020. <laughs> that was 2020. And then in 2021, it won something called the player's voice award, which I don't really even know what that means, but oh, they're trying to I, either, way, either way. Those both sound to me like pre-release like nominations. Like yeah. Sante said it got people's choice. It's just, a, I think choice. that's a, because I think fans vote is like a percentage, a small percentage of the official ones, but the P, pe- People's choice is 100 percent fanboys. The fans have one vote in the collectively in the game award. With yeah, the rest of the with the rest of the judges, you know, yes. each having their one vote. Yeah. Very weird. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I didn't say have, have you ever have you ever read the user reviews at Metacritic? That makes sense to me, frankly. I don't think they should that's, get that's one, fair. one vote. That's yeah. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Um so this is kind of a question I just wanted to throw to you guys too is Overwatch 2 is coming out. Overwatch, you know, when it hit in 2016, was it? Uh, it won Game of the Year. It also, you know, kind of took the industry by storm. But personally, for me, I don't see Overwatch 2 having that same impact. But then I'm not the the beta, the first beta kind of went nuts when people started playing it. So I don't know. What do you guys think about Overwatch 2? I think it's like Destiny. I think it has a loyal fan base. I think that people who are in that world are going to know way more about it and care way more about it than you do. But I think mm-hmm. ultimately it has very little potential on like the main stage of, of gaming. And I say that as a destiny guy, like I, yeah. I have no illusions that destiny is like, it is what it is within the gaming industry, even though you're super into it, you know, you're the same way that you're into, into halo infinite, right? Um, halo infinite. You you'll keep up all the updates. You'll read all of the three, mm-hmm. four, three, you know, uh, monthly um, newsletters and all that, but they, uh, they, they're sort of like a niche. And I, I think that Overwatch at this point, it had a place in the main stage, obviously, but I think at this point it's going to be a niche just based on the way that they're launching this, which is 
super confusing to me, by the way, the fact that I think it's sort they, of like I think Overwatch it leads to desperation. Yeah, it's I really think weird. In terms of announcing this as bringing PVE and story into this world that you love, however many years ago it was at this point, uh, you know, taking updates away from Overwatch, letting it languish and die, um, and then coming back with an announcement here that says, well, we're, we're going to be done with the 5v5 thing. We're going to deliver what you're going to be playing mostly anyway, and then we're going to deliver stuff later whenever. Yeah. Um, uh, along with, of course, the troubles at Activision and Blizzard in general, um, give me no faith in any aspect of that product. Does that mean the game won't be good? I assume the people that like it will like it. Uh, I don't know how people react. I haven't followed it in terms of going from six down to five and, and tweaking these various things. Uh, but uh, no, it's not going to. It's not going to show up on my radar at all. I enjoyed it. I fell off it. I'm unlikely to rejoin it. I'll just. I would like the the court to acknowledge the fact that everything Hogue said just now sounds exactly like what you would hear somebody say about Destiny who doesn't play that game either. Like it's like it's it's kind of crazy how like how just much of a of a reflection I see of the, the destiny situation and live service games in general. It's kind of, kind of get that, but, but well, I, I mean, we... they advertise this as we're doing, we're going to take it away. We're going to bring in a sequel because we're going to have a player versus environment or player versus enemy mode. And we're going to bring this, we're going to make it a full featured world. And then they show up with their roadmap and say, yeah, sometime later, we need some money. Yeah. I, you know, we, we don't know all the details of what went on, of course, but we know that Jeff Kaplan, who famously led Overwatch for years and was beloved in the community, left Blizzard and, you know, uh, another uh, director on the game now. But, uh, you know, there was a lot of speculation around is this game in turmoil behind the scenes uh, and a debate about the direction they they were going to go. And at least from the outside looking in with how they've delivered the messaging around this and now this delivery of what Overwatch 2 is going to be, you can certainly see some of that, in my opinion. It just seems like a very muddled delivery of this game over the past few years. Well, and they're taking we'll Overwatch see. 1 away, right? I mean, and, and people yes. paid for that. Hey, like, Naked yeah, HD. Naked HD's yeah. here. Uh, <laughs> all so, here. Yeah, I, I will say this, that um, Overwatch is suited better for a live service game. They, record, they would, were kind of what I would consider like a halfway to being a live service game uh, in, with 1. And so I think 2 has a chance of getting there. But just again, you guys are 100% right. Everything about the launch of this and the messaging and the optics and just the strategy for how they're doing it, does it, it scares me because there's a lot of potential for Overwatch 2 to, to grow into its own and, and be a great live service game. But I don't think this is how you do it. Um, yeah. I, 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 I think they know it's not ideal circumstances. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Well, and they're, they're, they're releasing this in the shadow of being bought. I mean, there's all sorts of things happening behind the scenes on this. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, mods, please stop deleting my posts for my. <laughs> Chris, He's trying to Chris. get you over to his uh, other channel. <laughs> Christy yeah. said, "I love that the naked HD is a thing now." <laughs> I'm just gonna reach out to them and see if they want to sponsor us. I mean, we might as well go full board at this point. Yeah, Travis, yeah, let's cool. talk offline. Let's talk offline. Yeah. Can I get a um? <sighs> Hogue slowly can I get, can I get for his Michigan rule of professional conduct. <laughs> Here. <laughs> what are my ethics rules? What am I allowed to participate in? <laughs> oh man. Well, I think we we've kind of covered, you know, the stuff that's released, the stuff that's coming that we know about anyway. Obviously, I think by July, if there were any other kind of major contenders that were coming this year, we'd probably at least know about them by now. Um, so I guess we'll see what comes out of these games we've discussed and we'll see how they end up. Uh 
one thing I think we can all agree on no matter what is, you know, sometimes <laughs> our expectations for products in this industry do not uh, come to fruition all the time. So I'll give um, you my number one bet that I'm almost certain will happen is that there will be a number of independent games that I have no idea exist that will come out between now and New Year's. And I will love the crap out of them. Very yep. true. Very true. I honestly am very excited for a triple A free uh, fall potentially. We'll see how uh, Give or take. God of War goes. But well, I mean, we're be... all the elephant in the room is forespoken, of course. <laughs> um, but no. oh my God, I've still got bets out there. I've got bets out there. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, uh, that's my mantra. I say it, this is why I mentioned it on these episodes. Yeah. I, I, I just I, I laugh at it in my head, and then Travis is like, "You were wrong last year, Rick." And he's like, "I really was." All right. <laughs> Let's keep out hope. I'm just, I'm holding that candle of hope for you in my head. I have a lot of doubt, but I'm trying to be the positive. <laughs> that candle is flickering in a windy corner. <laughs> well, we didn't even mention we got a new Pokemon game coming out. I mean, like there's all sorts of stuff happening. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a great Pokemon game. I'm, I'm excited for that. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, we've actually already touched on the next thing I was going to talk about, guys, is Nintendo's uh, Direct Mini because of Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Uh, Harvestella and um, yeah, so those games. Uh, I mean, there was obviously a few games shown here, but uh, those were the ones. And and funny enough, if you missed it, Ubisoft actually leaked their own game before the Nintendo Direct by putting up the pre-order page on their site. Uh, so Sparks of Hope comes out on October twentieth, right in the heart of everything we've talked about. October is just going to be it's a heck of a strategy month if Midnight Suns turns out. True, true, um, and that looks. I mean, we just touched on it, right? That looks. It looks awesome. I'm very excited for that. Um, Sparks of Hope. I mean, oh right, uh, yeah, not not Midnight, <laughs> Midnight Suns. I'm like, I they, they refuse to show the game. They're embarrassed by their cards. Their <laughs> so we'll see. Um, so yeah, Sparks of Hope. I'm pumped for it. Give me a reason to uh, dust off my Switch, which I'm excited about. And Harvestella. I, this is not the type of game for me, but I know you said you were excited about it, Hoke. Uh, November fourth. Another Square Enix title, which was very obvious if you saw the art style. Um, <laughs> And this looks like uh, they're calling it. I went to their official page to see what they're calling it this morning, and they're calling it a fantasy life sim. That's it what is, they're calling hell yeah. it. Folks, well, if you haven't seen this trailer, it's a Harvest Moon game that takes place in Final Fantasy. <laughs> um, uh, let's, let's be clear on this. Yeah. Um, so my family basically purchases virtually every farming game that there is. Uh, so we have the Rune Factories. We have the Harvest Moons. We have the Story of Seasons. We, of course have the Stardew Valleys, uh, and we love Final Fantasy in this house. Um, my daughters went crazy. Um, so it's going to be really, really cool. I'm excited about Harvestella. I am hopeful that it is um, uh, everything that its premise could be, um, but we'll see. I, I, it's very funny, right? We keep telling them, don't announce things until they're about to release. And yet in the back of my head, I'm constantly like, why are we hiding this? <laughs> how much money went into this budget who did you have on this uh, yeah I, yeah you know, how long has been in dev yeah uh, how long has he been working on this is uh, this are you throwing this away to get my money you know it's so funny because that's exactly my reaction is that is awesome but why didn't i know about this until now yeah i know why <laughs> yes Square Enix was just holding all their games for some great catastrophe. And when they saw the 2022 fall lineup, they were just like, go, 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 push them all out. <laughs> that would be awesome. Can you imagine if some studio was like, now is the time. And they exactly. just opened the vault. Guerrilla so, Games is going gonna, gonna to be like. Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. 
uh november 4th for that one by the way so uh check out the trailer it is very unique looking uh i think hogue described it perfectly uh check that out Can you imagine uh, and then like Stella coming out on november 4 in the I fall but any other year like i know yeah but again i'm i'm excited for this i i i actually love live sim games i i mean i i guess i love all types of games but uh this like the, it's surprisingly addictive and if you're not into these types of games you should give one a try because you'll never you never know man you get bit by weird games sometimes if you give <laughs> and they announced that the same direct Doraemon story of seasons too right like the yeah. Doraemon story of seasons uh is an excellent version of the the farming sim genre uh okay. if you're if you're scared fr- away from a time traveling futuristic robot cat um don't be the game is great <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, to your guys' prior point about Square Enix, the Diofio Chronicle, which we just mentioned. And the interesting thing about this one, so there's going to be a demo of it on August 10th. It releases on September 22nd. And this one is coming to all platforms. So Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, PC. Uh, and it is a strategy. Its platforms, but okay. I don't I don't either. Yeah. Uh, it is a strategy role playing game. So, so like a tactics based role playing game, if you like those. But again, you look at this, you know, it's Square Enix. Yeah, it's a triangle strategy type game um, yeah. from everything that they've shown. Uh, so why not release two in the same year, Square Enix? Whatever. You're in charge of your production pipeline. <laughs> Square is. <laughs> they, uh... between, between release dates, title, like titles themselves, and then just the platform discussion that Travis just mentioned. Square Enix is just, I think they Dude. just throw in darts blindly and be well, like, I oh, laugh I think, at them, but that's clearly like where I live. They get the, they get the <laughs> sticks down and they're. Square Enix proper is clearly like where I live. So it's like I laugh at them because they're so zany and crazy with how they actually operate as a business. But like that's, that's where I get the most satisfaction. I'm really enthused about Dragon Quest Treasures which I'm positive is aimed primarily at the Japanese market. And I would be willing to bet it's going to make them a billion dollars from what I could glean as to how that would work as a business model. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a cool game, but I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm yeah. not as excited about their Crisis Core remake because I didn't know people loved Crisis Core until this year. <laughs> uh, so, hey, all right. Yeah, More discounts. Uh... Cloud By the way, speaking of Square Enix. I checked in yesterday because Dan mentioned Babylon's fall and I was mm-hmm. watching Halo championship wow. and I checked in on Twitch just to see. And the one person playing Babylon's fall is holding on my friends. He is, he was streaming yesterday. One viewer on Twitch. One so viewer. Prop him up. No, the, the game, not him, right? The entire game has one viewer. So Babylon's fall. If you looked it up on Twitch, it showed one viewer, one viewer, one. So, is if there one big player or if there are multiple players? Well, on Steam, remember, a few weeks ago, it showed one player. And wow. then yesterday on Twitch, there was one, one I player. I feel like there's an streaming. excellent in-depth so. like, character piece to be written about the last Babylon's Fall streamer slash player. Absolutely. That's going to sure. be a long-form uh, article right. in a couple What of life years. choices led you to this point? <laughs> yeah. I, I said yesterday, I wish like one of those huge streamers that has like 100,000 people watching at any time would just invade his stream, you know yeah. what I mean, for Babylon's Fall and just watch it blow up. I think that'd be great. I tell uh, you what, Plat- Platinum makes some of the best and some of the worst games ever. Another bizarre studio in how they <laughs> really do things. Bizarre. Yeah, Also consulting one. the Oracle. <laughs> let me catch up on super chats because we got a couple from gecko and geo gecko in the house five euro super chat victoria three is still slated for this year so here's hoping for 4x nerds like me paradox paradox games yep. 
have their have their base. There's no question. No Absolutely. doubt. So I hope that's solid for you, Gecko. Thank you very much, brother. And two It'll from be Geo. Great it comes out. You'll just you'll have to buy three hundred dollars of stuff for it, and then in the coming year. <laughs> Five years super chat Geo Rio games like Gollum, Hogwarts, Ava oh Avatar too. Yeah, how big could they become with an already big fan base of itself? Uh, by the way, yeah, we forgot to mention Avatar. Uh, what is it? Something of Pandora, Pandora uh, Frontiers. 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 Yes. Uh, first person perspective yeah. did you did you see this coming i didn't expect this game to be first person i actually didn't see this announcement no they said it first is person? first person and it's going to come out uh oh man i'm sorry i didn't have it in the notes guys maybe chat can help but it's it's coming out like within a month of the new movie this fall yeah so the movie comes out in december so is it november or january i don't remember off the top that's of fine no worries yeah. i hadn't seen this announcement i'll go look it up yeah look um, it up but it looks like Avatar Far Cry. <laughs> like <laughs> that's that's that might be where they started, and then Did Far Cry really, Snowdrop. I don't think so. The, the, the engine, yeah, Division. Yeah. Division. Yeah. Ubisoft is always makes a big deal about when they you make Snowdrop games, and Avatar is a Snowdrop game, um, yeah. or at least it was the last I heard about it. Mm. I don't think Far Cry is. No, I don't think so either. No. So, I mean, um, I, don't anyway. know. I like their engine. I, Snowdrop does an amazing work with the division. It does. Um, I think what Gio's asking here, of course, is you're you're talking about IP power, right? Uh, yeah. If yeah, Avatar movie is huge again, how big could the game be? Because well, of I I think the games will always be big, but uh, the I don't know that there's a ton of overlap on some of these, right? Like the people who are Avatar fans are probably not the same people who are hardcore gamers enough to either have a gaming PC or a console. Right. And so like, I kind of feel the same way about Hogwarts. Like are the, are the people that are the Harry Potter fans who aren't already gamers, is this going to get them to buy a console or PC because Hogwarts isn't a game you can play on your phone or switch or something that's easy to get. You have to actually invest in like infrastructure to play that game. Um, and so that's my worry with really all three of those is, you know, Hogwarts the, is going to sell a kajillion. Gollum of course gonna, it is. Gollum is going to fail, and Avatar is going to be fun, like middle. Like if we're if we're doing this Goldilocks style, Hogwarts <laughs> is going to win. Uh, I would agree. Gollum is going to be the worst, and Avatar is going to be in the middle. Yeah, you think Avatar will be in the middle? I think Hogwarts Gollum might gonna be going to go middle. crazy. Did you see those views? Oh, I, you're just talking about sales. Yeah, well, I'm talking about quality of the game. Oh uh, no, well then Gollum is like a sticks type game, so it'll be fine. Hogwarts looks like it'll be the best, and I think Avatar. Ubisoft has mentioned it in so many press conferences behind the scenes. I think they're putting their their full power of their of their battle station behind really? it. I, I have I have big hopes for their Avatar game. Okay. Me too. I do too. I agree. I think I think it'll probably be bad. We'll see. We I haven't mean, seen it at all, right? Like that's yeah. your big risk. Yeah, yeah, there's a few screenshots of it now. We've seen think. Avatar games before. <laughs> we have seen Avatar games. I mean, like that's when I think of that, it's like Ubisoft making that Avatar game and that King Kong game. Like that's that yeah. era that I think of, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll see. Uh, One of my first games on 360, which I still own. Visually, really cool. I yeah, remember well, that was like the demo worse. game, but yeah, it was a mess of a game. If I recall correctly, that's one of those early 360 games that had like nine achievements, and they're each worth over like yep. 100 or 200 something 100%, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Geo, another five euro super chat. Very generous, Geo. Thank you so much, you guys. Uh, I hope Gotham Knights will improve from what we've seen. Still looking yeah, forward to it. I really love these Owls comics. I think no Batman yeah. still is a miss. Yeah, I think we're a lot of people in agreement with that. Let's hope for it. They got months cool. to polish. 
Yeah, I hope so. I will say we got the Robin trailer this week, and that looked a lot better, in my opinion, than the the prior whatever that was a few months well, ago. I, I think they were good at making trailers. Things is the I, I know, like, but as soon I mean, as they made a trailer after the gameplay, I was like, oh, that looks much better. And I just watched the game. Uh oh. The well, they they good. well, but they showed they showed a uh, compact gameplay in this Robin trailer a little bit. All right, I'll look at that. Yeah, I thought it looked better than what they showed previously, in my opinion. So we'll see. Um, oh, Gollum is a dating sim. Go on. Gollum is a dating sim. I should know this, and I apologize, but when we were talking about the quality of Gollum, right? It's been in development for a long time now. Is this not Monolith? Who's making this game? Because Monolith made the. Oh, no, it's not Monolith. Lord of the no, Rings. This is, based on the, this is based on the books, right? Yeah, it's a uh, stealth action game. I think they said. Uh huh. Like who's who's the dev? From the six people, it's Data Lake. Data Lake. It's okay. Data Lake. So they primarily make adventure games. Uh, they do broaden out a little bit more from there, but I think they also made Sticks, Master Shadows. Yes. Um, okay. And it, Gollum is going to be Sticks. It's got Ooh, a Gollum on it. This is going to be a bad game. It's got a Gollum. Oh, man. It's fine, but it's fine Sticks. in the kind of, hey, I need a 6.5 to play today. Sticks is fine, but it's also, it's not carrying the burden of an existing world a, that I think a Lord of the Rings IP. It's going to make it more complicated because it has to, you have to be Gollum. And I, it's like when they're making sticks, they can make their <laughs> own mythology and kind of fit it to match the game. And I feel like with Gollum, like, you know, you're going to have to be insane or fighting against yourself or all, all the things that kind of go with that, that you're like, how is this game going to work? Uh, I don't know, but I'm I'm DMing Dan Stapleton right now to make sure you review it for us. Dude, I have no doubt I will be reviewing that game. No doubt in my mind. Or Travis written all over it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I want you to work in at least three metaphors to rings, volcanoes, maybe hobbit feet. Yeah, furry feet. Yeah, that's all you. You got it, Travis. Good luck. Yeah, Daedalic makes some of my favorite adventure games. I see it discussing in, in chat, but it's a wildly different type of game. Yes. Point, yeah. Oh, point and true, click yeah. adventures are very different from action adventure yeah very different it is a good game though um anything else before i jump over to halo infinite co-op which i wanted to touch on anything else from the halo direct nintendo direct mini that you wanted to mention i thought it was a very strong direct it was uh and and i was very enthused by a lot of the things including the trailer for sunbreak which got me to buy a copy of sunbreak so good, of, uh, good on of, you uh, capcom monster hunter okay yeah right rise yeah, Monster Hunter Rise is, is if you guys don't know, or you, you all probably do know, but if anybody that's listening doesn't know, it's basically like the old Monster Rancher. Monster Rancher. That's a much older game. Um, <laughs> Monster game. Hunter versus what they grew up to in World. So it goes right. back to kind of the older formula. Uh, but I love Rise. Cool. You too. Cool. I want to. All right. So I know uh, we talked about this months ago, of course, and a lot of people have been waiting for this. A lot of criticism at 343 around uh, the co-op, but uh, they announced this week the Halo Infinite co-op flighting is beginning next week. So it starts on July 11th. It's going to run for two weeks. Um, The last update we got from 343 several weeks ago when they were talking about just road mapping is that uh, Joe Satin said that the co-op should be released in August. So it seems like they're on you know, on target for that, given this, this date here, a few details about it, just in case people were curious, they did release an interview about it and a lot of good details, but it's four players. Um, all the progression carries for each of the four players independently, no matter where you are, because they're also adding mission select at this, right? So if you complete a mission while you're playing in co-op, it, it counts for your campaign and it's full drop in drop out as well. So you can jump in, teleport to the host, whatever, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, it's also full cross-play on all platforms. So whether you're on Xbox One, Series XS, PC, Cloud, etc., you can play together. Um, all of the upgrades that you'll get within the campaign are independent. So when you pick up your cores and upgrade your character, etc., that's for you. Um, but that progression will stay to your campaign as well. They are adding new achievements for co-op for when playing with friends, so you can grab those. And then the way they worked out the open world is there's going to be a thousand foot tether distance, they said. And uh, someone looked that up on the map. It's pretty big. They basically said if you're going into like a huge stronghold that some person could be outside in the world, someone could be in the stronghold and you'd still be fine with plenty of room to spare. So it seems like if you look on the map, it's a pretty big distance you can be apart. But you do get a warning if you start to get close to that. And then if you go beyond it, it gives you a timer and you die because for obvious reasons. So it's like playing your quest. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, it sounds really good. Like I said, starts here in a week, basically after we're recording July 11. And uh, it kind of, it at least, you know, obviously it's been a wait for this to come. Um, but at least they seem to, from a feature standpoint, have nailed this in the sense of it has all the things you want to see out of a good co-op experience. So it's good. And actually, it's kind of the perfect distance from me playing the solo campaign multiple times that I'm interested in playing it again. So I said before that I was happy that secretly happy that it wasn't launching with co-op because I wanted to yes. be able to play it without my friends talking in my ear. And uh, I still stand by that. And I, I'm, I'll be interested to see how this plays in co-op. Yeah. Uh, Lucas said how many players? Four player. Four player co-op. So, um. Yeah, so anyway, it looks good. Check it out. If you want to play that, it's an insider flight. So if you're not familiar, I think most people are, but if you're not familiar, the Xbox Insider program, you have to sign up for it, go onto your Xbox account, and then you activate it on your console. And then when this launches, you go into the Insider app, and it'll allow you to download the build of the game uh, to play co-op. So They call it a flight? Flighting, yeah. All right. Exactly. I think that is drinking. Yep, me too. Okay. <laughs> I I'd never heard of that uh that reference. So I've only ever thought of flighting as as uh yeah, this video game related. Oh, flighting is when uh say you go to a a brewery that has like, you know, tons of good beers you want to try or something, they who give you who doesn't do that? <laughs> they give you uh you can say I'll try a flight and they'll give you like six different beers to try. Uh, a li- little a little water. Sample. Yeah, got it. Yeah. That's all it is. Got it. That's what I that's the only time I'd ever heard it is like that kind of concept. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so anyway, cool. Finally, that's coming. Uh, there were some leaks about Forge this week, too. That continues to leak because that's been tested forever. But I'll talk about more about that in the future. Um, <laughs> a couple other things just to comment on here is that uh, Sucker Punch did come out. There were some rumors that Sly Cooper was returning, that a studio within Sony was making an infamous game. And basically, Sucker Punch came out this week at, at Sony First Party and said, look, no one's making Sly Cooper, and nobody is making Infamous. Those IPs are not being worked on in any capacity right now. So if you are a Sly Cooper or Infamous fan, uh, you're like me with Banjo-Kazooie. We can we can share a flight of drinks together because they're not coming anytime soon. <laughs> so we're not going to be flighting those games anytime soon. <laughs> if it's not a third-person action adventure, either set in North mythology or robot dinosaurs or with, uh, you know samurai fighting you're just out of luck sorry your friends at sony <laughs> we i think we in all all jokes aside we have kind of talked about that right it's like we 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 obviously all know how successful the playstation 4 uh generation was for for playstation and how impactful some of those games were right i mean you're talking last of us 2 and god of war and you know ghost of tsushima etc but it does feel like uh it, it's nice when you see some of their studios still have fun experimenting with some of the stuff we used to see right and i 
I hope they don't get too far away from that or just simply kind of outpulse that to have into indie studios pick up the slack. You know what I mean? Uh, and it feels like they've kind of gone down that route. That's what I worry about um, with uh, Insomniac. Yeah. Is that they're Same they're going to lose a little bit of their spirit because they made such goofy games and always ran against the grain. And you see them working on Spider Man, which Spider Man was perfect for them. But then now Wolverine, and you're like, eh, what, and then Spider Man Two, and it's studio? like, here we go yeah, again. You're like, are they? Are they? Are they getting? Don't worry, they're definitely working on another Ratchet and Clank at the same time too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Ratchet and Clank, I'll, I'll give them that. That is uh, really uh up their alley but and of course yeah. Google mentioned Jack and Dexter which yeah man love Jack and Dexter games but I don't know you are you... never doing anything that they can't slow down the main theme and make you think about bad things ever again. Jack and Dexter is out. Probably. Can you imagine Jack and Daxter can you imagine Naughty Dog making a <laughs> current Jack and Daxter with their studios philosophies? <laughs> oh man Crash well, 4 is excellent. Crash yeah. 4 is a game we didn't deserve. It's so good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Neil's vice president now. So, Look, yeah. More power to him. I'm just saying the man is dour, and he makes the things that he makes dour. I okay. don't want to see depressed Jack and Daxter discussing here's, how they here's my, um, here's my. No, I'm agreeing with that. you. I'm saying he has a lot of sway in that studio now, so I completely agree with you. We're not here's, getting Here's Jack my and pitch Daxter. for the next Jack and Daxter game made by Naughty Dog. After the tragic death of Jack, Daxter has to come to terms with his self-identity. And um <laughs> right. No, exactly. No, one of them, yes, one of them has to die. Yes. Yeah. One has to die, one of them has to find out something about himself in a uh, very... after Daxter was brutally murdered for his fur. Jack <laughs> <was> <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's write it. Let's pitch it, Hulk. We could write and pitch this to Naughty Dog. Let's do it. Too funny. Um, the last thing I was going to mention, and I, I I, don't know if this is worth mentioning. I, I feel it's worth calling out just because our audience knows how we are here. But uh, if you didn't see, there were a lot of kind of commentary this week from developers within the industry around kind of just the uh, toxicity that, um, you know, exists in the fan base and people reach out to them and, I know Corey Barlog spoke up about it. The developer of that new indie game, Hypercharge, posted a video about it. Uh, a bunch of other developers spoke up about this last week that basically said, look, you know, a, a portion of you guys need to chill because we are humans. We are just like all of you. We're trying to make something great. And everything we do, all of our work day in and day out is for you guys. Um, and I think it just bears repeating and mentioning that uh, you know, as much as we talk about here kind of being a positive light in the community, and I don't think this message is going to probably go to anyone listening to this who doesn't agree with us, but in case it does, um, that, yeah, uh, developers, video game development is incredibly challenging, and uh, more than probably 99% of us or more will ever understand if you're not a developer, and they spend years and years and sometimes decades developing this craft to create what equates to entertainment for us. Um, and the mere fact that we have uh, accessibility to these developers and publishers today through social media, and that many of them try to be transparent and interact with fans and kind of share what they're working on and share, um, you know, share some of the positivity and, and excitement that goes with creating something as challenging as a video game. Uh, we should respect that and honor that 
And I think that um, it's incredibly distasteful that we still continue. And I'm not sure if we'll ever get away from it, but there's still this subsection of the gaming community that just, um, you know, uh, treats that as if it's uh, expected and they're deserving and they, uh, you know, all these other things I could say, but um, we need to do better in that regard. And I would say that celebrate developers as much as you have a, a voice in the community, use that to promote developers, promote uh, game development and, and support publishers and, and just be a positive light because uh, some of the stuff you see out there, some of the things these developers get and comments and DMS and emails and all these things, it's just absolutely uh, unacceptable. And so yeah. that's it. That's my piece. I for think the, the height, the height of, of like discourse with uh, developers was that time that uh, people sent all those cupcakes to EA Bioware, and, yeah, and the pizza to the pizza to Bun yeah. Bungie was Bungie, it or three four three? Bungie, thank you. Yeah, it was Bungie yeah. or three four three. Do, do stuff like that. That's way better. Well, you know, some oh cupcakes. yeah, I'd rather that. Yeah, yeah, like Cupcake, look, look at Bungie, definitely. right? You yeah, you may not agree with everything Bungie does, but they've created something um, that people like Travis and many many others, millions of others, have spent thousands of hours of their life on enjoying, and. Uh, <laughs> Travis is like, oof, I can't believe it. But you know what I mean. Entertainment. You got paid for a lot of it. You got paid for a lot of it. <laughs> you've made you've made lifelong friends through the community. You run shows based on the community. Uh, you go to events because of that community. All because Bungie created Destiny. You don't have any of that without it. Um, and that needs to be understood and respected and appreciated. piece hoag you look confused for some reason no i don't he's, know whether I, want, I don't know whether i want to actually be critical on this because i agree with the overall thrust of your statements so if i look confused it's it's a matter of eh, do i even really want to say anything here um because i do think that one harassment always wrong ad hominem attacks always wrong toxicity in general that kind of behavior towards people that are human beings and for the most part are trying their best on this kind of stuff always wrong However, I do think that there are developers and publishers and Twitter accounts uh, that shit stir uh, and that deliberately create issues uh, and then use that to some extent as shielding for themselves in certain instances. Um, so I think the overall thrust is correct. I do think certain developers and publishers and people in the gaming industry at that level, at that side of things, contribute to some of it. Um, and so I do celebrate developers. I do celebrate the creation of video games, the experience that video games give. I love this stuff to death. Um, but I do think that we need to use a bit of a scalpel uh, rather than a sledgehammer when we talk about the overall thrust of conversation and discourse on these particular topics. And maybe I'm a little overly sensitive to that um, because I do have videos and I do have things where the subjects contact me and people react to those things. And I am Mr. Reasonable Minds can differ. You won't hear an ad hominem attack out of me, uh, at least not if we're not in person, because you know I'm just a crazy person if I'm off, off stream, obviously. Uh, but outside of those circumstances, um, yeah, I, I think that criticism can quickly be defended against by claiming it as harassment uh, or things along those lines. And I do think it's something that um, we should at least be cognizant of. Um, because, you know, I, I, I've seen even some of the people that you mentioned, which we won't identify specifically here, 
should stir online and specifically look for those kinds of reactions and do those kinds of things and then you know spin around on that so i we can all be better operating on social media we can all be better conversing and treating each other with respect um and i think in, in at least some of these extents it takes two to tango but i didn't i wasn't even convinced i wanted to say that as much ains because i think your message is fantastic um and i think that's a great place to be at which is positivity celebration etc as you know we prep for our roast episode um, but yeah, I, I, I think I, 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 I just have a lot of, like, I have a lot of touch points with the internet, with the press, uh, with areas of high levels of sensitivity over Understood. the last four to six weeks specifically. Um, and so I've been accused of things in my line of work, even with reasonable minds can differ and everything else, uh, that says, okay, yes, absolutely. Treat each other with respect. But there are bad actors on both sides of the equation. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. It is certainly not uh, definitive black and white, right? There's yeah, of course, always, of, course, of course. There's always a few gray That's why you saw me kind of be like, I, do I, even, I was me literally thinking I wasn't like performing for the camera. <laughs> this is like that time I said that unreasonable minds can also exist and differ. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> and then everybody was like, Travis, why are you bring that up? And I was like, well, I just, you know, there are some unreasonable minds out there. Well, that, right. that's right. Ade is saying right here too. Yeah is you know ade saying the same thing is that some content creators will kind of enjoy the chaos right or or feed into the chaos which yeah. uh which is exactly what rick's saying um uh, but generally i was 100%. making a gen yeah i think it's a generalization right to oh, just yeah. say in general we all love this stuff right we're here talking today and i met both of you because of these things right um and all of love everyone games. in chat so uh, um yeah so I, like I said, I don't think this is a message that anyone here at Season Gaming and Big Cast is, is unaware of or that follows our work independently. You know what I mean? But uh, it's just worth calling out here and there, I think. So with that, let's uh, let's go ahead and close out. We got a couple things to mention here, actually. Actually, quite a few things to mention. So uh, my review of Phobia, that horror game that came out, uh, has been up. If you wanted to check that out, that's up on the site. We also did a little hardware review of the new Xbox uh, Turtle Beach controller that Eric took care of. Uh, there's a video and a written uh, review of that you can check out. It's his first video for the channel. So if you would check that out, uh, we'd appreciate it. Um, AMD came out and announced that the, uh, and this is a mouthful, their Fidelity FX Super Resolution 2.0 uh, technology is now available in the Xbox GDK, the general development kit. Um, so if you're kind of wondering what that is and what impact that will have on games here in the future, Carl and I did a for the record episode on that, which uh, explains it at a high level and kind of talks about things, uh, what it does for games, how developers can use it, how it compares to DLSS, etc. So if you're into the techie side of thing, check that out. That'll be live for everyone tomorrow as we record this uh, or Tuesday, excuse me. Um <clears throat> My feature, it's a long feature, nearly 30 minutes, I think, on how the big three make their revenue, where the revenue streams are, where it comes from, the breakdown of that between Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo. That will go live for everyone this week as well. It's a previous uh, patron exclusive, but that'll go live. So if you're kind of curious about how the big three do that, how successful they are, um, or want to know the details of that, that's going to be live as well. And then lastly, just a reminder, uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, Please look out for our giveaway this week. Going to be giving away two full price games, any platform. Yes, it applies to everyone globally, too. I'm happy to uh, to send that over, and we can figure out a way to make it work. If you're not in the U.S., so don't worry about that. But it will be uh, leading up to our show next week, where the four of us are back together to do the big cast roast of the greatest W3 games of all YFG. time. Yeah, yeah. Say it again. W3YFG. 
you should just add a 2022 under that because it's obviously going to just take that's off. true that's yeah that yeah that's yeah that's true what's it stand for again i forget the words what's wrong with your favorite game that's right what's wrong w3 with your favorite yfg game? all right so look for that next week i hope you all can join us it should be an absolute blast with that i will hand it over to rick what's happening man where can people find you well, I was away from content creation for a little while, so outside of a question time stream. Good for you. Took a, took a bit of a break. We will be Good. back after the fourth um, doing some more stuff uh, this coming week. Otherwise, we got a lot of good old content. Like I said, covered a lot of the Supreme Court decisions that came out uh, at the end of their term. Uh, so if you're interested in something a little more serious, that's on the channel right now. Uh, the Dobbs video has proven pretty popular. Um, so I'm very happy about that because I think it's uh, it's an informational and educational uh, approach to understanding what they just decided. Um, so I will pitch that absolutely, but you can find that at Hoglaw uh, on YouTube, or you can follow me on Twitter at Hoglaw, where generally I'm doing things like Stranger Things reviews. <laughs> uh, so absolutely follow me there. Otherwise, uh, yeah, not not been a lot of content in the last seven days. Yeah, man. I, as much as you were producing prior, it was probably very uh, not only deserved. I'm hoping but the needed. reset was enough. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was a little burned out. There's no question. Yeah, How yeah. dare you? After a break. <laughs> Well, I still get I get very polite messages that are like, "Hold, <laughs> I'm sitting here waiting. We're here right. every day, hanging out every day for nine hours." Um, and by the way, I, I did forget we also have a review up on the site, which Elu just reminded me in the chat of uh, DNF Duel, the new fighting game, uh, as well. So check that out because that seems to be popular among fans. Travis, hey guys. Happy, happy to have you here. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you can um, read my preview of Xenoblade Chronicles 3 on, I think, July 7 is when that's going to be officially going live. The full review will be on July 20. The game comes out 29, so probably 27, 26 will be my full review. Um, I'm also previewing a game that may have uh, you may remember from a Sony showcase called Roller Drome, uh, which is a game where you ride around on rollerblades and shoot things. It is a very funny looking game. Um, I'll have a preview for that in the middle of this month as well. Um, and other than that, you can watch me talk about Destiny on Thursdays. Uh, you can read all my articles, previews, reviews on IGN or on our YouTube channel. Um, or you can um, follow me on Twitter at TyGuyTravis if you want to see me uh rarely tweet but when i do mostly just razzing on my friends so um, yeah, uh, he, he pops into my timeline yeah, pop into yeah, our timeline and say what's up dude i just you know just just chilling so um yeah I'm, i've got my head down with a bunch of content right now so you probably won't see me in um in social very much because uh yeah a little i'm a big yeah, 100 150 boy. hours to go in xenoblade who can blame yeah. me that's right, and man. You gotta keep going, chugging along. And we may so. need to get him some security detail when that review goes live. We'll have to see. I was gonna say I'm gonna be there at the preview moment, and I, I just to prep for when the review comes out. There will be a link to where I can send my mail thoughts. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ESA will go ahead and hook you up with my physical address. Uh, Fantastic. And you can. Yeah, you can go ahead. And the ticket yeah. is just a bedroom clock. Don't worry. Yeah, that's what I figure. <laughs> if so, if the review is yeah. a nine or a ten, please refer them to Big Cast. If it's below, please do not. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> please be judicious right. about your about your links. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This was going to be a nine, folks, until Ains and Hogue at the following email addresses convinced me it was actually a six. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
I still want to see you give it like a four just to watch the world. Oh, man. Yeah, I would never be able to get away. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, as always, I will give the game a score that I think is correct, regardless of any outside pressure or personal feelings. I'm uh, I I do I am not afraid of people's hate of me at all. It does not matter. It doesn't affect me. Even if they killed me, I'm honestly so so about life. So I I'm you know either way I'm an that immovable. Would be one heck of a Law and Order episode if I. Yeah. <laughs> so so about life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, life gets a five or a six for me. So you know I'm not <laughs> whatever, dude. <laughs> so we got I'm so so about life and and game developer Sony Santa Monica should make you do stuff in God of War. <laughs> yeah, they should focus focus on the things, things you're, you're doing. doing in the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that. Yeah. Oh man, I'm on a roll today, guys. I Crush love it. it it all right as always chat you've been awesome today thanks for hanging out with us if you check this out as always later on or you listen to us on the audio version thank you as always and stay tuned for next week's uh roast special it should be a blast we hope to see you there until then take care